Welcome to The Tome, a D&D news, reviews, and interview show, and I'm your Tome editor, Sam Dillon. And today, we are bringing you the World Tree Burns podcast, the official actual play 5th edition D&D podcast that takes place in the Cobalt Press setting Midgard. This is the last final episode of Season 3. We hope you enjoy this season, and without further ado, let's see what Dan Dillon has in store for his players. everybody and welcome back to the world's tree burns this is our season finale tonight and we have the full cast and crew back today to burn some damn trees uh season finales here on the world tree burns tend to be uh pretty dangerous let's say i think we've lost a couple of players uh it's a season finale so fingers crossed tonight the crew can make it through but let's get around the cast let's remind ourselves of who we are how we've been doing and who we're gonna be playing so let's start with our inimitable dungeon master mr dan dylan dan how you doing tonight my friend hey that's me i'm doing really well thanks uh i'm looking forward to playing some dnd uh i'm doing Ooh, i don't know uh, scattered we've had a couple of weeks off due to this that and the other and life just sort of taking its toll on myself and others and uh i've missed your faces and i'm delighted to be back i love you all so we'll play some Dungeons and dragons in the world of midgard from the uh the good folks at cobalt press uh it's sort of a dark fantasy campaign world gods are strange and unknowable and sometimes pretend to be other gods and there's an entire kingdom of empires and ghouls just over those hills where our illustrious heroes are hanging out right now, so I'm sure that'll be fine. Ah, what could go wrong? We've got McLoken back with us tonight. McLoken, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Will? I am well. I'm a little nervous, but excited. I <laughs> am very, very nervous for uh, Rowan. Uh, I, I don't know if she's yeah. going to turn into the thing from uh, John Carpenter's uh, The Thing, uh, and I am in the cart with her. So, you know, it's going all right. Uh, hey, everyone, I'm McLoken. I'm playing our lovable level nine gnome ranger uh, who's from Neheim, uh, only speaks the truth and is very honest, never does any shady deals, uh, and is the best haggler out of uh, the whole crew. So... Um, okay, one hello. of those things is correct. One of those is true. <laughs> <laughs> one truth. I, I, well, really, <laughs> I don't. I thought they were all lies. Which one's the truth? I don't even know what the truth <laughs> is anymore. He's my character. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's me, guys. Fantastic. We've got Scarlet Moth back of us tonight. Scarlet, how you doing? Uh, hello, I am. Um, very excited to be playing again even if it's for the season finale before we take however long for a break i have had dnd withdrawals and i have missed all your lovely faces but now i've realized that something really bad happened at the end of last session and dan didn't tell us what it was so i'm terrified i'm playing <laughs> uh the ravenful cleric of Wotan. uh hopefully not for the, for the last time Please. <laughs> crossed. Thank you, Kai Hawkeye, for the raid. Welcome, guys. Welcome in. Um, Ooh, great you. stuff. We've got Bernie with us tonight. Bernie, how you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Uh, I would just like to say that I watched the episode back, and damn it, Cloak, Landis may not know how much money you're giving away, but I do. 
I know, okay? And it's not all right. You're going to end up broke, and Landis is not going to help you, and you're going to be on the side of the street, and so be it, just so you're aware. And you won't be able to get a good credit score or loan. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Exactly. I I am very good with money. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You might be I'm pretty sure I know how much you had, and I don't think you're that good with money. <laughs> anyway, I'm Birdie, aka the Birdie Source, and I'm playing Landis tonight. And I'm uh I'm excited. I uh am real happy I missed that last uh kerfuffle because that was a little crazy, a little cray cray, and some things happened that um may may not be best. But uh, yay. Same. <laughs> same. Same. Simply uh, Hayden's name. Hi. Sorry, it takes me always takes like two minutes to find the new button. Like, I don't know where it is. Hi. Uh, I'm Simple Jackson. I'm doing okay tonight. I'm just happy to be playing some D. I have had like almost two weeks off from D and D, and that's a lot for me now that I'm a part of like four campaigns. So. I um I'm excited to just get back in. This is my first show for the week, and I'm ready to probably go fast again at some point. So, um, Tilly's ready to zoom. <laughs> Gotta go close. fast. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, I myself have been playing Rio Dan, the Dampier cleric paladin. There it is. Paladin cleric. Yeah, <laughs> one of those was true. The claridin. Oh man. And the Claridin, uh, you know, he's actually a just a paladin. Season in. A whole season <laughs> in. Still. I know. <laughs> I'm so tired, guys. It's been a long week. It's only Tuesday. Uh, it's been a long day, but we're here. We're alive. We're ready to play Dungeons and Dragons. We're here on the Cobalt T- Press Twitch channel. If you're just tuning in, then be sure to hit that follow button to join us. You can follow at Cobalt Press on Twitter to keep up with all the latest shenanigans and uh, ne'er do wells that those kobolds are up to over there. But uh, for us, we here today are going to do a little recap. Of what happened last time on a show, and to introduce that will be our wonderful dungeon master, Mr. Dan Dillon. Just me again. Oh, this is your, uh, you know, already dealt with doom. This is fine. You guys did great. Uh, so, in taking a shipment of not only legitimate supplies that they have paid for and moved on their wonderful ship, the Sinful Princess, towards the Dwarven Fortress, known only as the uh, the incredibly imaginative title, The Black Fortress, uh, they are also carrying a legal shipment of smuggled adamantine, uh, a f- extremely rare, uh, wondrous metal that can be used to replace steel in making weapons, armor, and other tools. Uh, fantastic properties and uh, quite uh, takes well to enchantment. Um, on the way, they were accosted by a group of refugees moving along the road in a lonely stretch of woods that were uh, set upon by horrid, foul undead. Uh, our heroes ran to their defense and found that amongst these seemingly mindless, ravening, hungry zombies were some cunningly concealed ghouls uh, of uh, quite murderous intent and deadly skill, masquerading as zombies, wearing zombie faces as masks. And uh, a, a hell of a little fracas broke out 
Um, there was all manner of critical hits thrown this way, that away. Uh, in the end, however, the undead were vanquished. The zombies were all kill, uh, destroyed, I suppose. They're already dead. And the ghouls were run off into the forest. They uh, escaped into the night. There was a little bit of um, an interesting twist as Rowan called down the power of Wotan and raised up a few of the corpses as zombies of her own, sort of fighting fire with fire in an undead sense. One of them, at least, was dispatched by Cloak. Uh, unfortunately, this was a, a recently killed refugee, and one of the other refugees witnessed this seeming uh, murder, so that caused a little bit of a stir, but that's all been pretty well smoothed over at this point. Um, currently, they have gathered amongst what is now a refugee tent city, built up around the walls of the Black Fortress, the, the dwarf stronghold. Uh, fires glitter like a star field in the deepening gloom of night around the fortress itself. And Cloak and Rowan had a, sort of a, a very intense, deep conversation about the state of life and uh, many of their hopes and fears and what they're looking forward to in the future. And it wasn't ominous at all, and it was incredibly wholesome. Uh, they helped the refugees safely the rest of the way there. The refugees, uh, led by uh, an older gentleman named Vilkash, invited them in to, for dinner, cooked them a fresh meal, um, and uh, tried to generate some merriment to soothe away the sorrow and uh, and pain that the earlier day had caused. And so we're going to pick up the next morning, bright and early. If you all wish to set watches, you may. Um, there's also, still quite a bit a, of... Oh, sorry? I had to do it safe, didn't I? Well, we don't want to talk about that. Everything's fine. <laughs> nothing, nothing doing there. It's all good. So uh, the night passes long and uh, a little bit tensely just because of the atmosphere that you're in there's this tension in the air that you can almost reach out and pluck uh with all of these towns essentially displaced townsfolk who are fleeing the depredations of the blood kingdom fleeing from the vampires and the ghouls that are overrunning krakovar uh to the east and northeast uh, and they are all just sort of flooding this way away from the undead and the battles and uh, you had heard before you got here that uh, some of the Dwarven authorities were starting to uh, get a little uh, squinty-eyed at all of these humans and, and other, other non-Canton folk who are flooding into their area. Uh, you can see that the gates of the Black Fortress are closed. There are watch fires and sentries posted along the walls and in the towers and many of the refugees are bedraggled and exhausted many of them are uh injured even either just from the trail or from actually having been caught on the edges of skirmishes or have escaped actual battles uh you can see that not uh not all of them are are fully well nourished or uh, or of of perfect health they're in a pretty sorry state the lot of them and so uh, if you set watches, uh, you can see that there are soldiers from inside the Black Fortress that occasionally come out through the gates, which open just long enough to disgorge a patrol or allow one back in. And they are very vigilantly patrolling the tent city of refugees sprouting outside of their walls. 
people tend to give you a pretty wide berth because you are very obviously at first glance not like the rest of these uh, these displaced town folk. You are capable warriors and adventurers and recall that you are all in disguise. So just in case uh, someone recognizes you from your wanted posters from Zobek, hopefully they won't, uh, th those people would be foiled by the excellent uh, false persona you have put up. Thanks mostly to okay. Landis, <laughs> I believe. Yes, my fantastic uh, disguise and eye patch. Yes. So the uh, the morning dawns dreary and cold and gray and with a low clinging wet mist starting to slowly dissipate and just a sort of pitiful drizzle dripping out of the sky, pattering on, on the tent canvases and the wagons and clinking off of your armor. Uh, and so you know that you have two different contacts that you want to try to find within the fortress itself, one for the legitimate supply uh, shipment that you're carrying, and then one for the adamantine that you're smuggling. And just to remind you, you're looking for uh, Korva Strayholt, the quartermaster for the supplies, and you're looking for a uh, smith, a master smith by the name of Norval Glanhig to deliver the adamantine. Who should Can you say those perhaps? names one more time? Sure. Uh, the quartermaster is Korva Strayholt. I'll put them in chat for you. Okay, thank you. Uh, Stray, Stray, uh, Strayholt. Uh, and the smith is Norval Glenig. Who would you, you want to Yep, go ahead, sorry. Landis. But, sorry, I was looking through my nose for that name. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> Should we go to the uh, legitimate contact first, or should we get rid of the, you know, what first? Uh, that's a good question. I think it's probably best if it's not on hand uh, when we go through to our legitimate contact, because who knows what they'll want to search in the meantime. Uh, yeah, let's let's get out of let's get it out of here. Are we in agreeance? I'm fine. Sure. I mean, it would definitely ease my mind. There's been a lot of side eye at us being here from fellow dwarves. I don't blame them, but you know. And also keep in mind that you have two uh, ox-drawn wagons carrying the supplies, uh, amidst which is stashed the lead-lined chest uh, containing the adamantine ingots. Uh, and there are four of your ship's crew sort of watching over the wagons and driving them when any of you aren't taking charge. All right. I certainly believe that it would be better if we de dealt with the adamantine first. Okay. Yeah, let's I, do it. I agree. We could leave the crew here to watch over the wagons while we go take them, if you want. With the regular order, not, not you know, the special order. Yeah, how easily, like, is it suspicious that we'd be moving through town with uh, a wagon and a, or a chest? I mean, no. no, not particularly. You stand out a little bit just because you're obviously not from the Cantons. And that seems to be drawing a lot of scrutiny from the soldiers. Uh, and just to recall, the uh, the sort of prevalent, most prominent religion uh, in Canton Gristle and the Black Fortress in particular is the worship of Kor as the sun god, uh, as they are quite passionately opposed to the undead. Right. 
I want to ask the um, the guy that uh, Cloak gave all the money to. Um, I don't I don't remember his name, um, but he seems to be kind of in charge. His name is Vilkash. Uh, he's an older human, probably in his mid fifties, uh, graying okay. hair, sort of long, uh, trail worn but pulled back. Uh, a little bit of a, a, a short but starting to grow unkempt sort of white and ashy gray beard and mustache. Okay. So I'm going to ask him, uh, kind of go up to him and we, we slept overnight, right? You said, um, yeah, so yeah. at this point, you I'll guys say, have all had a long rest. Yeah. I'll say, um, hello. Good morning. Um, it was Vilkash, right? Oh, good morning. Yes. Yes. Of course you are. You are, you are Landis. Landis, it's uh, it's good good to speak to you again. Did did you sleep? My well? name's not Landis. <laughs> no, sorry, Schmandis. I'm I'm Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey, okay, you're Jeffrey. Fantastic. I'm writing this down. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I I uh, I had a quick question for you. Have you or any of your people been um, in inside before? Been in town? Walked around? Know anything? Uh, no. Oh, we have no. just just now arrived. You, we encountered you on the road on our right. way here. But none of you have ever been here before. Okay, totally oh, cool. Um, yeah. Well, um, would any of you be interested? Maybe, maybe two. Would two of you be interested in in kind of walking around the city with uh, some of us and just seeing uh, what it's all about? Maybe doing a bit of a tour, and then we could you know scout and then bring that information back to everyone because there's so many of us, and I don't want a hundred of us just wandering through the streets all as a big group seems weird we'd bump into stuff we might uh we might not all fit in one road be a very wide group we have a lot of things maybe a couple of you could go with us and just kind of look around a little bit see if we can find a place to stay well uh, i suppose so yes uh I i'm not certain they'll let us in through the gates though it seems that oh. they're uh he kind of stands up brushes off his tunic um more out of habit habit than actually trying to clean it because uh yeah th that's that that sure to seen better days but he sort of looks around at the sea of tents and sort of makeshift uh accommodations all around yes i i don't i don't believe they're allowing many if any of uh the, those of us fleeing the conflict into the fortress oh interesting okay i see what you're saying i see what you're saying it does seem like that would maybe overrun the city a bit However, uh, we have a little bit of business in the city. Uh, maybe, like I said, a couple of you could accompany us. And, and it wouldn't be weird because we're just doing business in the city. We don't have to bring everyone. But no, if, if like you need that. assistance, uh, I and, and my son Thomas would be, would be very happy to help you. Excellent. Cool. Well, why don't uh, the two of you grab uh, a couple of things, get a bag together, you know, snacks. I don't know. And I will be back to grab you in a few minutes. Uh, very well. Yes. Yes, of course. Okay. And so he sort of heads over to get himself and the uh, the young man, Thomas, ready. Okay. I'm going to go back to the group and kind of huddle everyone up and say, okay, so we've got this uh, chest of stuff that is definitely totally legal to have that we need to be uh, uh, disposing of soon. And considering we're an odd bunch uh together and kind of recognizable i was thinking that maybe since this you know there's primarily humans in there and, and whatnot that we could bring a couple humans in with us look a little less uh obvious and then maybe only like two or three of us go instead of all five and 
It would just be less conspicuous okay. and we wouldn't be like the group of us. All right. Uh, keep in mind that the majority of people in the cantons and in the fortress in particular are dwarves. Yeah. Oh, dwarves. I thought you said humans. I'm so sorry. There so. are no, there are there are humans as well. Uh, okay. dwarves and human, dwarves are by far the majority. There are also yeah. humans, some halflings, and strangely, there's kind of a, a sizable population of goblins that okay. live amongst the uh, Canton Grisal as well. Okay. Well, we'll bring Tilly. We'll have a couple humans. And then I'm sorry. You mean, you mean Madame Millie, of course. Madame Millie, yes, yes, hey. Eminem or whatever it was. Um, so. <laughs> I don't actually know. Are are Dampiers like very clearly Dampiers or do they look human? They easily pass for human. Um they Excellent. can turn on the vampire charm or intimidation. Whatever I want, uh, baby. Whenever he <laughs> wants. And occasionally okay. if he gets agitated, if he's not careful, like you might start to notice just kind of a predatory cast to his features okay. and his eyes might gleam a little red and you Ooh, can catch the, cool. the fangs sharpening. That sort of thing. So if he if he keeps a handle on it, it's fine. He can pass as a okay. handle. Uh, really, and I, it just it just looks like a like a like a lad at two a.m. on a Saturday night. That's fair. Uh, I will re uh, remind you that one of the crew members with you is also a dwarf, a reaver. So mm. not uh, not uh, a dwarf from the Cantons, but dwarven anyway. Uh, okay. Or sick, who will uh, probably blend a little bit easier. Okay, then I will ask, I'll say to you guys, so uh, we've got a dwarf on staff. We've got two humans over there ready to go. Um, I I guess we can probably carry, um, so would we have to take a whole cart with us or can we have like a little wheelie, wheel bucket, wheelbarrow? What do you call it? <laughs> like that kind of a thing. Wheelbarrow? Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah, I mean, do you, you said you want to take just like a small hand cart? Uh, yeah, we, do we have to take a whole cart, or can we just do like a little hand cart? You don't have to take the whole wagons in, but I mean, you do have a legitimate reason for those wagons to want to go in, uh, okay. since you have an actual legit shipment of goods to bring in. Okay, all right, well then but we can you, take the wagons. If you wanted to go, like, if you wanted to split and take it kind of like subtle, let's dump off the, yeah. the, the contraband first. Yeah, yeah, you can find a hand okay. cart. Like the the ref Vilkash and his people had a bunch of them. You can probably eat, okay. get him to bring one of those along. No, no, no Fantastic. Worries. Then if everyone, that, would you prefer that perhaps uh, Cloak and I were to uh, take the um, legal or the uh, the shipment to? I'm trying. Uh, 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 um, I'm trying to avoid all of us being in the city at once. I just think we make for some obviousness, even though I have done I an amazing job giving us all disguises. <laughs> I am uh, I'm well aware that I am a bird. Yeah, Snapshot of that crazy group. <laughs> <laughs> and I will take a minute to so, at least see if we can see where the door or like the entryway is where guards are. And if there's like a line of people waiting if there's like essentially like a entry checklist order like if is it or is it just kind yeah. of like a thoroughfare i know we were talking about the refugees were like not us but i would i would like tilly i would like tilly to essentially look and see if there is sure. um a yeah just kind of yeah you're just kind of <laughs> scoping out the gates of the black fortress seeing what the what the procedure happens to be what the situation is so there's a wide um it's not paved but it is you know uh actually at this point it probably is now that you're this close to the fortress it probably is cobbled and uh leads up to the sort of rear gates 
uh, of the um, of the fortress itself. The side of the fortress that faces out towards the uh, the towards the countryside is um, much more heavily defensive and defended. If uh, invaders were to come, they're probably coming from the north and east, and they'd have to try and swing around to get back to these gates, which if the uh, the dwarves had anything to say about that would be a very bad day for those, uh, those forces. So uh, you can see that the stout gates are currently closed, and there is a contingent of black tabarded and armored uh, dwarf soldiers, and they have the uh, the the crest of Canton Gristle on their on their tabards, uh, and they are very thoroughly checking over everyone who is attempting to enter this enter the fortress. And you can see, just spending a little bit of time watching, you see a number of people just flat out turned away. Some people do get in. Are uh, they? Landis, my this, only my only worry is that if we split the Sorry, just one question. Are they paying that much attention to just the people or are they like going through all of their gear bit by bit too? So it's not like they're going through every pouch and, and satchel they have, but they are definitely looking at wagons, checking manifests and documents, making sure A matches B, that sort of thing. They're being pretty thorough. Although, uh, go ahead and make me a wisdom insight check. I, have, I did stuff with my dice the other day and then I got everything messed up and now I forgot where all the waste. It's all in one pile. I'm sorry. Okay, so which one? Oh, I'm, I'm good. Um, wisdom, wisdom insight. insight? Yep. That is a, it's a, uh, 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 bleh, dirty 20. <laughs> oh, lovely. Okay, so looking at the individuals, uh, the soldiers who are guarding the gate, you are fairly relieved to not see any obvious holy symbols on them, which suggests mm -hmm. they're probably not paladins or any of the sort of higher echelon uh, soldiery that you know train and live at the Black Fortress. So these are most likely just more common soldiers, although they do look battle-hardened. They're not just like okay. rent a cop, that sort of thing. However... Um, you know that if you wanted to try something a little bit less scrupulous, like if you wanted to try and trick or bribe them, that might more be on the table because they are not those oath-bound warriors. Um, you'd have to, you know, you're not sure if these particular mm -hmm. ones are susceptible to any shenaniganry, but at least that is more of a possibility. And more to the point, they look overworked. So they look okay. a little haggard. They look a little bit, um, it's not exactly bored, but desperate for some sort of reprieve that just isn't coming. You know the yeah. you know the day, like your shift just started and it's already shaping up to be just a shit day. Yeah. And you okay. want it over. Got it. Well, then what I would like to suggest to the group, and you guys tell me how you feel about this, I think that we should take Tilly, myself, Ria Dan and I'm gonna disguise self, so I will look. Uh, I will look human. So we'll have. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Millie and Shmia Dan or whatever, and myself and our dwarf friend from our crew. We're gonna take a small hand cart. We're gonna cover it in um, like other things that we could be selling in town, um, so that all the adamantine is in the bottom. We're gonna go to try to get rid of it. And then we're gonna send Rowan and Cloak and the other two humans that have already agreed to go uh, to get rid of the real stuff. Like, and we'll go in at very separate times, like 
20 minutes apart or something like that. So we're not all walking okay. in together. All right. So you're I, sending, I guess, uh, sorry, go ahead. I, I believe that the, what I was going to mention before is that they're so thoroughly checking like splits on these orders and stuff. I don't know if we're going yeah. to be able to take two, unless you want to forge something together quickly. I think we can um, forge it. And then we're going to bring Rhea Dan with us so that he can help grease the palms if need be, since he's a pretty, pretty likable guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, Maybe so we get closer to some of that money he keeps giving away. So you I said mean, you're going to try to. Call him <laughs> you said you're going to try and forge I something. Made a deal for ten thousand gold coins last time, remember? Hey, I don't. I don't. <laughs> essentially, Tilly's worried that if they're checking uh, shipment lists so thoroughly, or seemingly so, so thoroughly at the gate, um, they're not going to be like, "Oh, well, I've got one shipment now, but I'm going to go back out and get the rest and come back later." You know, like. Oh, It'd that's not what I'm going to do. Everything in with one push, you know? Well, what I was, uh, I mean, I guess we could take it all in at once. What I was thinking of doing was coming up with this as good a forgery as we could, saying we're selling these things, whatever. Please don't look too hard. And if they push us a little bit, we can try to grease the palms. And if that doesn't work, well, you know, whatever. We're screwed I mean, anyways, it, is, so. it is smart to separate <laughs> us a little bit in the line so that in case the group who has the non-legitimate items gets caught, the rest of us will be able to at least figure out how to help them out later, if so. Instead of all of us being like, oh, red-handed, you got us, you know? Yeah. Okay, but the only so way we can... You, the only way we can really it? do that is... Go sorry, the only way we can really do that is if we have another cart that they think needs to be in town, which is why I was saying, like, disguise it as another shipment and hopefully come up with a decent forgery. No, I mean, we've got... I, I definitely agree, right? Yeah. All right, so you there said you're going to thing as and, well, get So you're going to what? try and forge a document that that shows that you have some reason to be there. Is that what you're going for, Bertie? That's my thought. If someone has a better idea, right. yeah, but I don't know how else we'd get the other cart in. That's totally doable. Uh, does anyone have a forgery kit, more specifically, proficiency in it? I can gain proficiency. I'm good at I, disguising I things and and stuff can i disguise paper as a forgery <laughs> not so much <laughs> put some makeup on it <laughs> give it a wig <laughs> tiny hat what do you want mama rowan to do for you now <laughs> will did you say you had uh something no i went i went looking but i if nothing else uh rowan can temporarily gain proficiency with a forger's kit so yeah. yeah there you go you can you can okay. do that and uh you can actually use the um existing manifest you have as kind of a template to to build exactly. a second one but make it say we're taking these things instead which is again sure. whatever i could whatever we can dig up on the carts that seems like something that could be sold in town even you if it's like food yeah, you could basically split off a little bit of the stuff you have in your main shipment, kind of okay. break it off into a smaller one. So it won't really okay. be missed unless they super thoroughly check the first yeah. one. And uh, we can always and, go back, yeah. oops, found this. We accidentally left it on the cart. Here's the rest, like, if we need to. Cloak, you, um, in your, in your haversack, did you have any parchment and ink perhaps left over from, from glass? Um. You have all of you have all of Glaz's things, so uh, you're, uh, you guys have. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I have it. Yeah, you can you can have this. All right, uh, going to 
channel divinity and offer a prayer towards hand for uh, clever clues and quick hands for forging things, if that works. Yep, absolutely. You uh, you expend your channel divinity and you reach out through your connection to the Rune Father to his vast, some say limitless well of knowledge. And uh, these images begin to flash through your mind and these fragments of lives that you've never lived start to settle themselves over bits of your memories and personality and you can begin to draw upon them as if they were your own. So yes, you can make a, uh, let's see. What would it be? It would be a either dexterity or intelligence check with your forger's kit proficiency. No intelligence. Can anyone help? Um, Such as if they're proficient in deception. So, uh, all right. So you're proficient. I will let between several of you able to come up with, uh, you, you know, you can sort of double check her work. You can offer some meaningful suggestions. Yes, I'll between a couple of you, we'll go ahead and count that as help. So you can make your check with advantage. Okay. Okay. First one is 12 plus 6, so 18. The second one is 16, so we'll go with the 18. 18. Okay. Uh, so after, I, it's probably 40 minutes, maybe pushing on close to an hour, but you have... At least get that uh, of perfect. Right. Well, it just takes a while to, you know, get, get everything up, mix the things as close as you can. Uh, and it's painstaking work to get the, uh, the details correct. So you have yourself a pretty damn good looking... Uh, false manifests that should uh, should get the second group through. Great. So, is everyone okay with this? And are we good with the split of the party? And who's going where? And everyone satisfied? Do we think this will work? I, I listened I to the whole plan. Um, sure and liked it all. So, yes. I like okay. to make where I palms. Yeah. Do you have money for that? Or are you down to zero dollars? I mean, I'll take money if it's going. <laughs> oh gosh! All right. Um, so I will. I will hand him. I've got money. Um, I don't. How much? How much is a? How much is a platinum? Where do I my stuff? Ten gold. Ten gold. Ten gold. Um, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give. There's two guards, right? Uh, there are actually five guards, but five one guards. is going to be in charge. I'm gonna give them five platinum just in okay. case. All right. Uh, and say, don't use this unless you have to. And if you don't use it, I want it back. Yay, money! Right. So real quick, <laughs> who, who is going? Who is going in team forgery? Team forgery would be myself, Millie, Redan, Archmiadan, and our dwarf friend from the boat. Okay, Landis, Tilly, Redan. And uh, Orsic. Orsic. And everyone else is going with uh, Team Legitimate Goods. <laughs> yes. All right. Oh, yeah. One of the uh, most trustworthy people is mm -hmm. going with Legitimate Goods. Perfect. Oh, gosh. You're taking two very trustworthy humans. So hopefully, right. so, <laughs> of course, Cloak just drive them. So who knows? 
<clears throat> Are you saying that I am not trustworthy? Hey, you said it, not me. All right. So, uh, as they're preparing the forger, the rest of you who aren't involved in that, you just have a little bit of time to cool your heels. Uh, your your crewmates are sort of just idly chatting, uh, chatting amongst each other, uh, gnawing on a little bit of their leftover breakfasts, like some some hard uh, trail biscuits, that sort of thing. And the camp around you is really beginning to wake up in earnest at this point. You all uh, have a pretty early rise schedule, um, despite Rioden's ongoing protests. Uh, so you were uh, you were kind of up before the sun, honestly, uh, is, is, is really how it worked out. But at this point, uh, the morning is kind of in full swing, and you can hear the sounds of activity, talking, all of these things beginning to sort of raise up in the camp around you. Um, those of you who are not involved in making forgeries happen, which I believe is going to be Riodan and Tilly, uh, why don't you go ahead and make me your choice of a wisdom perception or wisdom insight check? I have a 14. 14? I have a... Oh, it's a nat 20 again. Oh, oh. nice. All right. Uh, nice. So, in addition to that just kind of low-level baseline sort of tension that happens when you have a whole bunch of people hanging out near a whole bunch of soldiers or cops, uh, and, you know, one doesn't really want the other there and, uh, and everything that that entails, you can see that there is... Um, Tilly, you get the feeling that the mood around the camp is even a little bit uh, dampened compared to what it was last night. Uh, something about it is just sort of off. Uh, Riodan, you're able to pick out a few more details as you're paying attention and watching, and you're starting to notice that these people seem uh, just... A lot of them seem a lot more run down than you originally realized. And at first it was like, okay, sure, people driven out of their homes, that's rough. But they're looking very rough in some cases. And in particular, you can see a few of the uh, the group that you're nearby as, uh, as Vilkash and his son uh, come over. You can see that a few of them... They're having uh, a, a great deal of trouble getting up and going. They just seem sort of uh, listless. And um, like several of them didn't really want to get up or get out of bed. And they really had to be, uh, you know, you ever uh, seen, you, you've seen people whose spirits are broken. That's the vibe you're getting off of a few of these folk uh, from the attack the other night. They, they just seem... Uh, they just seem broken at this point and uh, very unable to gather up much in the way of motivation. And so the rest of everyone around them is having to work extra hard to try and pull them along. I've seen this before, Jilly. What do you think? They seem like they've had a bit of better days. It's what uh, attacks from the Blood Kingdom do to people, I think. You think it's been recent for them or lingering for a while? Perhaps both, but uh, either way, it's not good news. All right, so um, amidst, uh, you kind of tear yourselves away from these people just sort of like pushing through their damp morning uh, camping wake-up ritual. And if you've ever been camping, when you wake up unexpectedly and your, your shelter wasn't set up right and you've been rained on and it's just cold and kind of miserable, that's just an awful morning a lot of the time. And so oh, these childhood. people... 
Yeah, these people are sort of trying to just cough the, uh, you know, the the rough night off and and try and get on with their day. About the time that the forgery finishes up and you split your your wares off into two contingencies. So who's going through the gate first? Are we sending the legit folks through first, or are we sending the uh, team forgery through? I would prefer to send team forgery through because that way, if they see the forgery, it's like less obvious it's a forgery if they don't see the correct one first is my thinking. Uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> like you don't okay. know any better yet. So you all take your place in the line and it's not like a huge line. It looks like most of these people just aren't even bothering at this point to try and get in through the gate. Some of them do. You see, you know, various merchants and, uh, and caravaneers who have legitimate business here moving up and, and very slow slowly making their way one group at a time through the gates. And so it probably takes you another half hour or so to, to shuffle your way up. And you can see finally, once you get there, uh, the sun is starting to burn through the cloud cover just a little bit, um, which isn't really doing a whole lot to help the mood of the morning, but it is getting brighter and a little bit more warmer. Uh, you get up there and there's a dark haired dwarf with a uh, thinly braided beard uh, with kind of like thick bags under his eyes, and he just sort of waves you forward with this bored mechanical repetition. And he says, right, what's your business here at the fortress? Well, hello, good sir. Our business here is we've got some goods to sell inside the, inside the walls, and uh, here's our stuff. Our so pretty much before you're done talking, he's already got his hand out for your... Uh, for your your bill yep. of lading so he takes it <laughs> yeah. looks it over and let's see what he see uh how did you do on the forgery uh i got an 18 on forgery 18 all right so he looks at it his uh his brows pinched together a little bit and he looks over at the cart folds it doesn't hand it back and looks over to to his uh his subordinates snaps his fingers, points at two of them, and waves them over to the cart. And they start oh, poking no. through the stuff. Where is it you said you're coming from? Uh, what, I forgot the name of the last city. It was... Ten, Canton Ten Gristle? Canton Gristle? Okay, I had that written down, but I wasn't sure if that was the right no. place. Okay, That's we are coming from Canton Gristle. We have some, uh, some items that... Uh, Mr. Kalazar sent over to have sold here. Uh, make a charisma persuasion check. <clears throat> okay. Where's that one? Oh, there it is. Uh, that is uh, 15. Okay. So uh, he looks like he's only half paying attention to what you say. And then you mentioned Kalazar and he gives you a second look. Oh, mm -hmm. Kalazar's goods, huh? Yep. All right. So he uh, takes another look at the page, kind of does the you're leaving Costco scan of your <laughs> your hand cart, yeah. and he nods and hands it back, and he says, "All right, uh, th that's fine. You're on your way then." Appreciate it, sir. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Goodbye. Motions to the rest of the soldiers who open up the gates and uh, let you inside. Oh. As soon as we get in and we clear them, I turn around and just go, "Oh my god." <laughs> I know. By the way, I already spent that money. Sorry. Oh, damn it. <laughs> we haven't even been anywhere. <laughs> I say, burns a hole in my pocket. 
Well, we're here now. So, uh, what do we do now? Go sell so our legal now, shit. Yeah, we gotta go find uh, the the guy Norval Glanig. So he's down. Uh, he does metal work. So we should find the metal work area. <laughs> Sweet. Where where does the metal work happen? <laughs> where does what the metal it, work? Like that would be out of four. Excuse me, sir. Where, where, where is the, where is the uh, metal made? Where are the working metals? Yeah. Right. Okay. So you hey, know, we'll they, do forge with us. You guys tell us where they make weapons, metal, and stuff. You guys do forges, right? <laughs> I, uh, I certainly can find the blacksmith easier than asking where the metal is. But sure. That's what I mean. <laughs> I don't know the words. Okay. I may be made of it. That doesn't mean I understand I anything about it. <laughs> all right, so you're all going to make your way into the fortress proper and see if you can track down Glanig and uh, wherever it is that he's overseeing his kind of, it's almost like a like a consortium, sort of a, a group of craftspeople who are uh, working metal and supplying the, the soldiers and knights here with their equipment. Uh, so, while you are all doing that, those of you with the legitimate supply wagon, uh, you lead the oxen up to the gates, you hand over your manifest, and they do a pretty decent check over of your two wagons, uh, mostly just to make sure everything is more or less there. They're not cracking every crate and accounting for every single article of the, uh, the goods that you're shipping in, but they do at least a passable uh, making sure everything is is uh, reasonably what's on the documents, and you're waved in without uh, with a, a few questions, but no real hassle, uh, as you have legitimate documentation for being there. Uh, and so you're sent in, and uh, you're even given directions to the quartermaster where you're uh, set to be delivering that stuff. Hooray! <laughs> So, uh, those of you heading to the Quartermaster, you make your way into the fortress itself. In the inside, you can see that there is a, uh, a just a, a great number of these black-garbed soldiers moving about inside. There's uh, villages and farms on the outside of the fortress that are supplying the, uh, the stronghold itself. Inside, it is all business. You can see that there is a great temple to the sun god, uh, there are obvious holy symbol-wearing acolytes, priests, and probably uh, a few oath-sworn holy knights, members of the Order of the Undying Sun, who are moving around uh, in this area. You can see there are large drill uh, grounds where you can see them practicing their, uh, their weapon craft. And uh, you make your way over to a basically a small warehouse section where its uh, supplies are being moved in. And you can see other carters and caravaneers heading that way as well with their, their supplies. Uh, as you make your way in that direction, you are very efficiently sort of uh, approached. Your business is, uh, is taken, and once you give them the manifest over, you're directed over to a particular area where those sorts of supplies can go. It looks like you're bringing them mostly shipments of tools, some raw materials, and some non-perishable food and other goods. Uh, so like, you know, sacks of grain, that sort of thing. And uh, as you're over there, uh, the functionaries and, and attendants begin unloading your wagons quickly, and they're sort of checking their 
master list against your manifest. And uh, as that is happening, you can see a uh, short, broad-shouldered uh, female dwarf with close-cropped hair uh, and a sort of a nasty-looking scar down one side of her face. Uh, she sort of swaggers her way over, and uh, one of the the attendants sort of scurries out of her way, greeting her as Quartermaster Stragold. And she heads over toward you, Rowan, and Cloak, and uh, and your uh, crew crew members who are sort of unloading the wagon. And she looks you all up and down, gives you a sort of perfunctory grunt, and says, oh, any problems getting your things here? You're from uh, Grisal, yeah? Aye, that, that's correct. Um, Heard tell there, there was there trouble was, on the river. You run into anything? There was a little trouble just out near the gates with uh, some uh, some bull attacks some from the Dalakul. But apart Oops. from that, I uh, some of the refugees were attacked by the undead. She, uh, she wrinkles her nose at that and... Um thinks for a moment and says that's they're getting bold if they're pushing out onto the road up to the fortress itself we haven't had any sort of attacks that close recently must have been small i'd imagine or we'd have heard about it was it small i mean it was like a dozen ish zombies but as far as the ghouls there were three of them there were no more than 15 or so if i recall must correctly must not have been anything in the way of serious soldiers then. No. Oh, there was gas. It was what? Gas. Mm. She uh, she nods knowingly. Yeah, I suppose it'd have to be. Uh, be a little more capable pushing this far behind our lines. Uh, I, I wouldn't worry too much about it then. The patrols are going to be out, and if they're still there now, they won't be for long. <laughs> All right, well... It looks like everything here is accounted for, so uh, let's get your payment squared away and get you back on your way then, eh, friends? That sounds so good. He, uh, she goes and um, checks off her records and then has a runner uh, in short order return with a basically a small strong box that she brings over to you, unlocks, shows you the gold bars that are inside, offered as payment and actually uh, make sure to uh, give you an accurate count and you can see that there is a thousand gold uh, worth uh, value in those trade bars, which is the amount you're expecting for your supplies. So she closes it, locks it, <laughs> Rowan hands, hands you the key and then passes the box over to you and turns a parchment around for one of you to sign. Uh, I, I suppose I'll sign. Sure. I have, she has to think for a minute and just Decides to go with an illegible scribble so that you can't even tell what name it is. Perfect. <laughs> no problem. Uh, so she offers you just uh, the barest cracked, a cracked smile and nods and says, Well then, safe travels back on your way to Grisal or wherever you're headed. Try uh, not to get eaten on the road, would you? Playtel, how... I am curious as to how many attacks you said that... Um, the undead were becoming quite uh, bold in their maneuvers. Well, uh, I mean, this is the Black Fortress, right? So we, we see some action fairly regularly, but uh, anything that close, uh, well, if it was a military force to speak of, we'd stand up and take a little bit more 
notice, but uh, I'll make sure that we pass word up the line to those who need to hear it. My, my company would very much appreciate that. Of course. Uh, well, okay. To Time to go. <laughs> all right. You take your leave, and uh, the second you all start heading on your way, she turns and is back about her next uh, her next bit of business. So, what is your plan for after now that you've unloaded? Uh, you're just going to head back out. You're going to look around in the fortress at all. You're going to try and meet up with your friends. I'm just going to go back through my notes and see what I wrote about the Black Fortress. Did we discuss a meeting point? Not that I know of. <laughs> Nope. Um, but, you, but you know who they're looking for, so. I don't, I don't want to be throwing that name around. Um, Just look at my map to see where my party members are. Look for the indicator in your HUD. Uh, the way Landis would have played it is that he he just wanted to get in and out. He has no desire to be there longer than we need to. I figured we'd meet back at the tents or something. Okay, so you start making your way back out toward the toward the gate and out to the uh, out to the refugees. Well, right. there are any supplies so, you wanted to gather, Cloak? No, I don't. I think I'm pretty good. I don't. I don't think there's anything that I would uh, want to pick up along the road. Did, did any you information? Have I was perhaps curious <laughs> if we could find any better information than we did at Canton Grissel about the undead and perhaps the Blood Kingdom's incursions. I really don't want to be poking around here, honestly. Perhaps, uh, perhaps I am too much of a sticky beak, for lack of a better term. Yeah. If we start asking too many questions, people tend to give you, uh, eyes tend to come over your way, especially it depends on what questions we're asking. And if we're asking, you know, about how they're getting attacked and stuff like that, but we should just really get in and out of here and go about our business. I suppose I must agree. Because, you know, um, yeah, such lovely guards here. Yeah. <laughs> I understand your point. All right, so you're just making your ways on out of there. No problem. Yeah. Uh, the rest of you, with the, uh, the ill-gotten gains in your little handcart, you uh, ask around, and it's not too difficult to, to get directions to where you're looking. Uh, you're taken to a series of smithies uh, and uh, small storage houses, and you can smell the forges before you even really get terribly close. Uh, as you approach, you can hear the ring of hammers on steel uh, and on anvils sort of uh, announcing their presence as you come down uh, one side of the wall. And you can see these uh, orderly rows of, um, they're almost like open air uh, pavilions with roofs and chimneys, no real walls, but stone floors, uh, timbers holding up the roofs with uh, large forges set in them. And you can see multiple of them all working at once. Many anvils set up. You can see uh, sweat-drenched forge assistants pumping bellows. Uh, carrying buckets of uh, water and oil for quenching, um, fetching tools, honing blades, just all manner of metalwork happening all about this place. And uh, as you make your way down into the area, you are quickly pointed towards a 
relatively young looking, although sometimes it's hard to tell, a young looking dwarf with this honey blonde hair and a, kind of a short cropped beard. He's wearing a breastplate that is sort of oil and soot stained and sitting on its haunches nearby this dwarf is a gleaming steel badger. It's made of uh, interlocking plates, and you can see sort of a faint reddish glow in its eyes, almost like there's a, a burning furnace inside of it. Uh, and it has some uh, black sort of enamel giving the impression of the badger's face markings on the, uh, on the construct's metal plates. Uh, as you approach, he turns, and he has a pair of goggles that are up on his forehead, and he's wearing uh, a thick, wide leather belt that is just festooned with tools. Smith's tools, uh, various other um, smaller, more intricate precision tools, all kinds of stuff. And he kind of cocks his head to the side as you're approaching, and someone is pointing you toward him, and the badger seeing his uh, his interest sort of shuffles up to its feet and you can hear it sort of clanking as it comes to stand next to him. He uh, just kind of tilts his head the other way and watches you approach. And and that guy, I assume him to be Norval? Yep. Okay. That is okay. what you've been told. Then I will walk up to him uh, politely and say, excuse me, excuse me, sir. Uh, may I have a moment of your time? Well, a moment is what I have. What can I do for you? Fantastic. Well, I've just, uh, my compatriots and I have just made our way over um, from uh, Canton Gristle, where we um, met an acquaintance of yours who told us about some of the troubles you've had recently, acquiring good, good metal via shipments down the river. When you mentioned the, the giant, <laughs> when you mentioned yeah, when you mentioned shipments on the river, his uh, his eyes twinkle a little bit. These uh, these dull blue eyes, and you realize that he's got a little bit of a soot marking on his mm -hmm. face, but clean spots around his eyes where the goggles were resting. He sort of half smirks a little, and he goes, "Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been tricky getting uh, the yeah. material." But uh, I suppose that you're here to fix that. Uh, perhaps. Is there maybe somewhere more private we should be speaking? Certainly. Why don't you follow me? And he leads you toward one of those uh, stout stone storehouse buildings nearby. And uh, as he walks, the badger kind of clicks into step next to him. And it occasionally swivels its head back to look at you and it has it doesn't really have an expression but there's something just kind of menacing about it and every now <laughs> and then uh norval just kind of reaches out and pats it on the shoulder with this hollow clanking dun, 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 and it seems to relax so it's badger. it's made of metal or it's like a badger it is in made armor of metal. It looks, <laughs> i nope, love it it is it is made of metal it looks to be some sort of construct I think once we get into the room as like we're settling into our position, just at each other or whatever, like right before I look at him, I kind of like reach out my finger and, and tap it. <laughs> I'm, so I am like humanoid right now because I, I cast right. uh, Disguise Self or whatever, but I'm yep. still very interested in this thing. And you might hear a little sure. as it touches. You, uh, you reach out your finger and the badger whirls 
like startlingly quickly yeah. and snaps its jaws at your finger. It doesn't get you, but it comes very yeah. close. Okay. And you can see that its that its jaws are um they're almost a little cartoony looking the okay. way they're uh, kind of serrated and locked together. Yeah. And when they flank, there's this flare of red light that sort of oh. is reminiscent of the light in its eyes that crackles yeah. across its teeth. Some sort of magical energetic discharge. Uh -huh. And Lana uh, says, and Oh, Norval <laughs> chuckles and says, yeah, I don't touch. Oh, I, and, I uh, will not. So, I can assure you. That's quite the fascinating contraption you have there. Thank you very much. Who was it you yeah. said sent you again? Uh, that would be, I keep having to look at his oh, name again. Oh, Fonos Calazar. sorry. I, um, I, uh, it was, uh, Mr. Calazar or Fonos Calazar said, uh, said I should seek you out, uh, once we got to town. Wonderful. Glad to hear it. Yeah. So he leads you over to the storehouse, which has an iron door, pulls out mm -hmm. a ring of keys, shuffles through until he finds the right one, unlocks it and said, uh, yeah, why don't you, uh, go ahead and bring the shipment in and waves okay. you all in. So into the storeroom, you can see there are several crates kind of stacked almost up to the ceiling. There are thick iron banded chests that uh, are all locked. And there's uh, kind of a workbench or a table sort of off to the side. And he just sort of gestures there with one calloused hand. Go ahead and toss her up there and let's see what we've got, shall we? Sure, sure. I, I will tell you before we um, before we move forward, uh, Mr. Calazar, Mr. Calazar did also assure us that uh, you were prepared to provide a finder's fee, an amount agreed upon. Absolutely. Okay, fantastic. Let's move it in and yep. whoever has so it. it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, cloak uh, cloak is not there, so uh, Rio. I imagine I'm trying to carry it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. Tilly, uh, I mean, as big and bulky as it is, you are so ridiculously strong, especially since you claimed that giant, that you can basically just one arm the thing up off of the cart and onto the uh, onto the bench. And um, uh, Glenig looks uh, suitably impressed as he watches that. You unlock it, open it up, and he nods approvingly when he sees the lead lining. Uh, protecting the interior of the chest. He comes over, takes a look in, brings his uh, goggles down and starts to fiddle with some dials on the side and you can hear them ratcheting and you can see the lenses sort of adjusting. And he says, oh, there it is. That's the stuff, all right. And he uh, pulls the goggles up and looks back over at you and says, well, you're my new best friends. Why don't we get you oh, paid? That's good to hear. Good to hear. Yeah, we'd appreciate it. We'd kind of like to get out of town uh, so at least we he, can. <laughs> he goes over to the badger, which also followed you in and just kind of sat on its haunches again over on the side. And he says a word in Dwarvish. The badger stands up and then sort of bows its head down and hunches low, almost like a dog playing. And there's a series of clicking and clacking and the back plates pop up. <laughs> and open, and some of that red light spills out. He reaches in and pulls out a uh, satchel and kind of oof, grunts under the weight a little bit and passes it over to you. And he says, uh, I hope Platinum's okay. Platinum will do just fine. Uh, does, <laughs> am I to know that how much this is? Like, Yes. Or do you, I have to count uh, it? 
Does that oh, have a big well, six I mean, on the front? <laughs> that is up to you if you just like want okay. to take it, open up, take a look inside and see what you've got. So what you have in there are trade bars of platinum and mm -hmm. there are six of them. Okay, okay. Uh, I will look at them just to verify. I, I should hope that through my skills, I would have a pretty good idea what platinum should look like because I've worked with it before. So I just want to just glance at it, make sure it looks like real platinum and then... and. Oh yeah, uh, okay. yeah. You check it over. It looks it looks to be the real deal, and it definitely okay. this this amount of platinum uh, looks like it's the correct amount. Well, you'd have to weigh okay. it to be absolutely yeah. sure, but yeah, I mean, you're a, you're a trained jeweler. This looks legit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, uh, then I will say um, I'll close it up, and I say, well, it was a, a. I'm so happy that we could help you. Honestly, it was a quite an ordeal. Those those guys made a mess of things, but we think mm -hmm. we were able to. Uh, if not get to all of them, at least drive them away from from the river. So I don't think you'll have this problem again. Um, I'm still looking at the badger, though, and I'm just kind of like in awe of it. And I say, you know, I got to I, I got to ask, did you did you manage to get that? You had it spelled or something? Is it? Oh, did you make it? Fluffy? No, I made I made Fluffy myself, and he taps huh. the uh, the badger's shoulder again, and it sort of settles back, and the plates click back into place. That is yep. just that is quite amazing. I must say, I've never seen anything like it, and I've seen Absolutely a lot of things named. like it. I'm, yeah, I'm particularly proud of him myself. Thanks huh. very much, Frank. Yeah. Course, of well, course. all right. Okay, well. uh, I think our business is more or less concluded then. Unfortunately, I don't have anything to send back your way, but do tell uh, Orfanos uh, I say hello the next time you talk to him and uh, that I'm always ready to receive more if he finds any of these um, these lucky lucky caches anywhere. Absolutely. We'll, we'll spread the message on to him or pass the message. I don't want to spread it. We'll pass the message on to him. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, uh, be careful out there if you're leaving the fortress. It's getting a little crazy outside the walls, huh? It is, yeah. There's quite the encampment, and we also were attacked on the way in, so it's been a day and a, two and a half, but uh, we'll we'll be sure to look out for ourselves. If you got anything cool worth buying around here uh, that might help out. Well, you're certainly flush for cash. Uh, yeah, you got, you got any more yeah. of those guys lying around? Good old fluffy. <laughs> no, sorry. That's not how that works. Uh, if there's anything you're in the market for, we have all manner of weapons and armor, anything you might need. Although, he kind of looks Riodan and Tilly uh, up and down and says, looks like uh, you folks might be pretty well set. Let me ask a question. Sure. How much does an armor... How much? How much? <laughs> How much does armor give you in terms of a boost? Depends on the armor and depends on what you're wearing. Well, I just because despite the fact that I am made of metal, I don't have really good like natural armor or anything like that. So I'm just curious how much better I could get. Uh, so that depends on what you want to wear. And that's sort of going to be limited by what you're proficient in. And as a warlock, mm. you are only proficient in light armor. Oh, that's so if right. You're wearing, if you're wearing studded leather, that's about as good as it gets. Yeah, well, I don't wear anything right now because I end up just casting what's it called on me. Oh, major armor. You, you use the uh, yeah. Yeah, armor of shadows or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, well, so, then I'll let it be. I was just curious. Right. 
without without stepping up to something particularly wondrous, then it's it's hard to beat that for you. Fantastic. All right. Well, Can I ask you a, a uh, question before before we go? Do you mind? Sorry, sure. I'm, I'm really I I'm just the arm sometimes, but um. Hi, <laughs> Millie. I'm Narval. Not nice to meet you. The the refugees outside. I mean, I know there's gathering more and more. Uh, you said frequently lately, but are they being provided by pretty well by the fortress, or have you heard? Or I mean, we. Keep I mean, I know they're not allowed in because it's kind of hard, you know. But you know, we keep a fair stockpile of food, but mostly what we have is for us. We're trying to be as accommodating as we can. But uh, I, I know the commander is starting to get more and more agitated uh, about this whole situation. It's not particularly pleased to have throngs of uh, outsiders camping at his doorstep. Um, this isn't going to much longer one way or the other. Have they been sending the refugees anywhere else? Or is this the only place left at the well, moment for them to go? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you'd know or hear the word or not. But... He's sort of like squints a little like he's looking for the right thing to say negotiations are ongoing They're really yeah nobody nobody mm. has come to any sort of decision or resolution yet so uh i just he sort of rolls his shoulders mm. i just make weapons i mean obviously once we've you know countered our business and it's done uh i don't i'd have to I'd be interested in knowing what efforts there are for these refugees, uh, or if there's anyone in town to talk to about their um, future, you know. Well, um... I mean, you seem like you're pretty high up in the uh, way of things, <laughs> the badger. Well, <laughs> so... I mean, I, uh, you know, I do what I do, but I don't, I don't make decisions for the, the fortress itself. Uh, the, the highest authority, of course, of course, is the commander, but... Uh, I, I honestly don't know uh, who's been talking about it. I'm sure someone is. Uh, I know that some representatives from the refugees who have kind of taken up leadership roles uh, amongst that, that that crew out there have been in contact with the commander and they're trying to figure out what to do, but uh, it's it's been a few weeks now and still nothing. All right, well, thank you for answering my questions. I appreciate you. Sure. Sorry I couldn't be more help. No, it's fine. I mean, we we have we have a war to fight, but I mean clearly, if we can't take care of our refugees, the people, then what is there to fight for? So, well, uh, there's there's uh, the people of the Canton depending on us to to hold the the Blood Kingdom at bay. So I you know I hope we can do something for those refugees out there, but to be frank, we have our people to worry about as well, and I think they're probably I, I mean, going to take our, our priority. I, I agree. I mean, Orsic and I are river dwarves from the Northlands, and we've definitely come really? down here to do as, as much help as possible to make sure that this war is saved. But, you know, what we can do is important. Yes, you know, obviously take care of ourselves, but not all of us have right, a right. to go into. <laughs> That's right. I'd heard that uh, that you reavers had set up uh, kind of a, a fortress up on the north coast there, huh? Not too far I, I haven't been there in many, many weeks, but at, at last I heard that's where they were at least holding out um, against the lines there. So, Well, uh, I tell you, we appreciate everything you're doing. You're taking the fight to the to the damned undead. That's uh, that, that makes you all okay in my book. 
Again, thank you. Sorry, I took up more of your time. That's probably. kind of nice. No, no problem at all. all right, uh, you all be careful out there. You as well. All right. So uh, he, come on, Fluffy, Damn let's get back idea. to work. And then <laughs> locks up the strong room, and uh, and he takes several of those ingots and hurriedly heads over toward the last forge in the row. All right, so you all can make your way back out. Uh, outside of the gates, Rowan and Cloak, as, as you and Vilkash and Thomas are uh, getting set up that, you know, getting out of the gates, getting out is so much easier than getting back in. You basically just tell them, hey, we're, we're going this way, and they get out of your way. You get the wagons back outside, kind of find a place to stash them, not too far from where you were before, and uh, you can see a contingent of soldiers returning up the road that a bunch of the refugees are sort of parting out of the way for. And you can see as they get close, uh, they're battered and tired and trail-worn and bloodied. You can see raw wounds, uh, blood-soaked bandages. You can see that they have uh, several sort of stout draft horses dragging um, litters with uh, injured on them, and several of them are piled with covered bodies. And what direction are they coming from? They're just coming up the road toward the fortress. And there's a little like bit of a commotion sort of rising. Okay, like from where we came from? I mean, at this point, it, like all, that road leads here, so you're not exactly sure where they came from originally, but that's that's where they are now approaching the gate. As someone, like, as they pass, uh, I'm going to look for someone who's, like, kind of walking. Go, huh, what happened? So you're approaching one of the soldiers? Yeah, just randomly as they pass. Okay. Uh, all right. So as you approach, uh, the black armored and sort of robed dwarf snaps a look over you. Dark brown skin, short cropped curly hair that's starting to go to gray, and she uh, she narrows her eyes and says, "Oh, uh, we uh, we rode out against the priestesses of the blood god. We got r reports that they were out there gathering an undead host. We rode out to scatter them. It was uh, a little." A little harsher than we're led to believe. There were more of them. They were harder. Usually we can drive those uh, throngs of zombies and skeletons and even ghouls back, but uh, these were these were harder bitten. It was the the priestesses of the of the red goddess, or worse. Oh, oh absolutely. They're the ones raising up all the undead. Are they working with with gas or the Delacool? Oh, yeah, yeah, they certainly are. The uh, the vampires and the Delacool have have joined forces. I mean, surely you knew that. I had always thought them opposing forces. I did not oh. realize. Oh, no. That's how they took Krakowa so quickly. Uh, when Lucan and his forces pressed out over land, the ghouls boiled up from under the earth, sometimes into fortresses and into cities immediately. 
Um, where, where did you guys come from? She um, kind of narrows her eyes a little bit, and she says, to the northeast. Why? Uh, I'm looking on the map right now. Uh, yeah, we're just, uh, we came down from that road, so uh, we were dropping off some supplies and making our way back, and I just want to make sure the road is safe. So it sounds like she probably came down from the area around Gibbick, which is not the way you came. Okay. Um, does she look really beaten up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, does she have any wounds or anything like that? Um, it looks like her wounds are mostly at least uh, stabilized and bound, and she probably has some, uh, some like, healing injuries and the like. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I uh, go in my bag, uh, and I go, here you go, and I give her two normal healing potions. And I was like, take one for yourself, and then uh, one for someone who really needs it. She, uh, her eyes widen a little bit, and uh, she holds out her hand and, and accepts both of them and says, well, I, I appreciate this. Uh, this. This will be very helpful. Thank you. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm just doing what I can. I know, I know how bad the undead can be. They, they certainly can be, uh, and they've been getting worse all the time. Uh, it's, she, she kind of like shakes it off a little bit and says, it's not unheard of for uh, a riderless horse or two to come back when we send out our sorties, but uh, I don't know. Lately, it's been, it's been a little bit worse. Uh, I, if you guys know, there, there was a, a group that we stumbled upon uh, back uh, towards the southwest. Uh, uh, it, it was like maybe a scouting party, if I was to guess about it. Um, probably like three gas and like about 12, like, you know, zombies or like undead or ghouls. Um, and uh, we killed the, the ghouls, but uh, the gas got away. Um, but they, they were southwest, so I would go let you come in or about it, that maybe they were trying to come back around and uh, get out the gates and stuff. That's a relatively small group, but if you say the ghasts escaped, I'll definitely let someone know. Yeah, uh, especially they might be scouting for, you know, weaknesses in defense if I'm guessing. So, you know, um, but yes, I, I'm just a lonely traveler and I just want to let you guys know. Well, I appreciate the information. Are there any other areas that you have seen perhaps within the Blood Kingdom, that have fought back. Surely not everyone would have uh, rolled over so quickly. Uh, most of the resistance has been crushed and chewed right out of those people. Uh, the refugees are fleeing south or to the north. Uh, as I understand it, toward the north and closer to the border with uh, Grand Duchy of Dornig, there are a few holdouts. Uh, but... And that Rowan that um, jives with what you and Tilly saw with uh, the Reavers setting up their fortress up in that area. Um, they kind of created a little bit of a buffer zone, and that's far enough from the heart of the Blood Kingdom's forces that they weren't able to push in quite as hard. Um, but other than that, uh, I'm sure there are folk who don't enjoy being toiling under that yoke but the fight was driven out of them a while ago. 
The last uprising we heard about was a few years back. Uh, apparently, a few minor noble houses rallied and tried to overthrow the Blood King, and they were all crushed. Oh. And th there is nothing that that anyone can do, I suppose. You're they're waging a war of attrition. I mean. We're doing the best we can. It's, I understand uh, that, and I, I'm, I'm mean no offense by that. I suppose that it is easier for them to replenish their soldiers through simply raising them up. Well, that's that's just it. Either the the priestesses of the red raise them up into into mindless undead, or the ghouls turn them into ones of their own, or gods preserve us, the vampires get a hold of them. Yeah. I've hmm. seen that happen myself. It's a horrifying... It's... It's awful. That it is. Well, uh, thank you again for these and for the information. I need to catch back up with my troop. Okay. Oh. May the Undying Sun preserve you, friends. And she heads off and catches up with the, the hub. <laughs> All right. So you see, um, you see several of them sort of move off the road, and they start basically unloading the corpses from one of the litters and uh, start moving them off to the side to be dealt with. As we move forward, uh, Vilkash and Thomas are with us, right? Uh, yeah, you kind of like went away from them to go talk to the soldier, but they're back there with the cart, with the uh, with the wagons, just kind of watching from a little bit of a distance. And it actually looks like they're drifting back towards their uh, towards their families. Uh, I, I kind of uh, go run over to Vilkash before he leaves the um, the the thingamabob and go, oh, oh, oh Vilkash. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, how can I help you? Now you're rolling those dice. Um, <laughs> so, um, uh, I just have a question. What, what is your plan? Uh, for now, uh, simply to do our best to survive another day. We've reached a place that we hope will be safe. Um, we, we know that the, the dwarves here strike out against the Blood Kingdom, but uh, the, the tales of the Black Fortress are legendary. It has never fallen. So we hope that we could find protection here. Um, do you and your family just want to come with us? Uh, because it will be probably more likely that you'll be able to survive. Well, uh, where are you headed? Um, I believe we're going back to, uh, back on to our way back to, yeah, no, back to Camp Lucifer. You're not there. <laughs> uh, That's not where we're, we're going. We're heading back north. Uh, we have to back go back there before we head north, right? Yeah. Uh, so we're heading I mean, back north. No. <laughs> you, you don't have to go back to Grissel, no. 
No, we get we we have to make our way a little bit back. So our boat's at the river. If you guys are looking at the Midgard map, we got off the boat to make our way to the Black Fortress. Correct. So we're going back towards the river uh, that's southwest, um, but uh, we should be able to uh, get to uh, I think what Castle Rain or uh, Canton Gristle. Um, Canton Gristle's pretty safe. Uh, well, uh, I suppose uh, we, we, we may do that. Uh, if it is farther away from the war front, uh, I should go and, and speak, speak to the rest of my people, and we will, we will see. Uh, this not, is a, 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 a very... Not just Uranus uh, and Thomas. Well, I mean, I'm Thomas's mother, my, my wife Anissa, and, and we can't... Wait, wait, isn't Thomas his son? Thomas is Vilkash and Anissa's son. Okay, okay. Yeah, just three. He uh, he looks a little bit uh, torn or conflicted at that. He says, uh, "I I don't I don't know. Um, the rest have sort of taken to looking to me for uh, for for answers and guidance. Uh, I don't know if I feel comfortable abandoning them." Uh, but he he kind of looks down at his son, who's maybe in his like very early teens. Um, I, uh, I should go and speak with my wife. Um, I'll, I'll see what she thinks and we'll let you know. Okay. If that's, if that's all right. That's fine. All right. So he, uh, he takes Thomas and they head uh, back over towards their group. So about this time, the, uh, the, the forge, <laughs> the forge team is making their way back out of the uh, out of the fortress, and you can link back up with your peoples as you're as you're heading over and kind of settling in. Tilly is gonna go to Rowan as quickly as possible and be like, "All right, so you know how we have bear, right? And bear is Aye. super. Okay, now imagine. Have you have you fed bear for today? Uh, she's still in charge. She's we. She was still on the ship, right? We didn't bring Bear because we haven't been doing. She was in combat or anything. I thought, I thought, with the... I thought she was. I thought she was helping I to thought, her cart. I thought Bear oh, was, was pulling carts. That's right. That's right. Well, I mean, Have you fed her something? Have you given her water? I'll feed. I'll feed her in a minute. It's like just, she just doesn't be right. So imagine Bear, but instead it's a badger. But instead a real badger. It's like oh, metal, and it had red eyes. And like that, this guy had one of those. I mean, I saw Landis like about it. it was so, so he had a not a bear. It wasn't a badger, but it was a metal. It was kind of like Landis. It was not like you know, a real, you know, badger. It was like a like a uh um. It, it had some magic or something. I, I've never seen one before, but probably, if you know of those, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it tried I, to snap Landis's finger off. <laughs> we have well, to, we have to get one. We have to get one at our party. Like, I didn't want to. I didn't. I didn't want to ask Landis. I asked, but I didn't want to. But that would look. Be we we we, are, we already have one. It's Landis. Uh, Landis is great with the books. Not great with the uh, metal teeth snapping. 
don't you know just just think about it and i'll, I'll go feed bear all right I, i'm not sure i'm not sure what i can do about it no no, no just Oh, oh, okay. Go and try to feed, feed bear. <laughs> okay, yep, you can go feed bear, no problem. <laughs> All right. Um, it was exciting. <laughs> I couldn't react there, but it was just like, holy mess. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, you're all kind of getting settled. Uh, the Your crew members are sort of going over the wagons, making sure that they're ready whenever you're ready to kind of head out back toward uh, the ship. Uh, Rowan, as Tilly was explaining their interesting little, um, their interesting little uh, encounter with the strange robot badger, um, you, you've kind of been drifting a little bit like your attention has kind of been wandering you're kind of having trouble pinning down and focusing and you kind of catch yourself every now and then and you have to kind of force yourself to pay attention listen and your your mind is just sort of wandering a little bit and and you're starting to realize that you're feeling just a little bit off for some reason like something doesn't feel quite right and you're just starting to become aware of it uh and as you're having that little exchange until he goes off to uh, goes off to to feed the bear, um, Cloak, you're sort of waiting nearby, kind of waiting to see if uh, Vilcash comes back with an answer to your um, to your offer. You start hearing shouts, uh, raised voices coming from his little encampment. I look over. All right. So you can see, uh, you don't have a great look at it because you're kind of a little ways away. You're not parked where you were the night before. Um, there's other wagons in the way. There's some tents. Uh, you can see someone kind of run past uh, between two of like a little alleyway sort of sorts between the two tents. Um, and you can hear someone uh, yelling. It sounds like uh, asking for help. Um, not like, you know, not, not like someone's drowning or dying, but hey, a little help here, that sort of thing. And you hear another voice. It sounds like a woman's voice screaming in some kind of serious distress. Uh, I look at, Rowan's gone. I'm the only one by the cart. Rowan and Tilly are like over there talking and messing with Bear uh, I'm gonna go uh, scout ahead and see if I can get a good view. And I'm like, uh, I look at anyone who is by me. Is Landis or Riordan or anyone the crew? Uh, Riordan looks like he has um, he's fishing up a wine bottle uh, from somewhere with some of that money he spent <laughs> from uh, from Landis. Uh, Landis is nearby, wherever you would like to be. If you want to be in eye shot of cloak, that's fine. Uh, there are several of the crew members. You can see Aiden and uh, Orsic nearby, and they're kind of looking over like, huh, what's that? Uh, I look at uh, if Landis is uh, nearby in the crew, and it's like, uh, I'm going to go check that out, but um, get ready to go, if it's bad. Uh, what? Uh, get get ready to go? Uh... Uh, did you not hear the lady scream? And then, like, he jumps off, and he's like, stay here, let me go see. And then he, uh, like... Uh, okay. <laughs> And then I, right. I go try to get a good vantage point to see what's going on. Okay. Yeah, you can head over that way. You sort of 
swing wide around the tents and you can see a couple other people starting to like drift over towards where the the screaming is coming from and uh the the person calling for help is getting a little bit more agitated like could i could i get another hand over here please she's she's really not okay and uh as as you come around you can see that there's uh one of the refugees is holding down um well, uh, interestingly enough, it's the the young woman who freaked out about you murdering the zombie. You all right there? Uh, yeah, my rocket attacked my leg, so that's cool. <laughs> okay. Okay, keep going. I can hear you. So it's the uh, it's the young woman who was freaking out about you murdering the zombie uh, that she did not know. Uh, was in fact a zombie but she is um thrashing and flailing and having some sort of panic or fit like she is beating at the the fellow who's kind of bigger and stronger and just sort of like trying to hold her down like for her own good sort of deal and she is yeah. just flailing and screaming and her face is like bright red and just streaming with sweat and her uh, her hair is sort of lank and plastered to her forehead, like she's sick. Yeah, looks like looks like she's in some sort of horrible fever throes. Um, and you see a couple other people sort of moving over to to try and lend some assistance. And you see um, uh, Vilkash and Anissa come out of a tent. Like, what the hell is going on out here? At this point, uh, does it look like she's like fucking them up, or? Um, I mean, as you're watching, it mostly just looks like she's flailing and freaking out. Um, and about at this time, as the uh, as the fellow turns over to to kind of like wave over for some more help, he sort of uh, loses his grip on her. She slips her arms free grabs him by the hair, pulls him down, and starts biting thoroughly at his neck and his throat, uh, and he starts screaming in pain. Rowan, at about, just, at about this time, uh, you are starting to feel like your head is swimming, and uh, you're starting to feel a little dizzy, and you are shivering somewhat uncontrollably. You can't really snap yourself out of it you take and this is after your resistance 10 points of necrotic damage and it lowers your maximum hit points by the same amount what did that uh you're feeling absolutely wretchedly ill oh. uh... <laughs> So the rest of you now start hear, hearing this commotion kicking up on the uh, the other side of the tents nearby where your refugee friends are hanging out. I was going to say, uh, if Tilly is done feeding Bear and anticipating heading back to Rowan, yeah. uh, probably noting Rowan clinch, fall over, react to pain, is going to rush over and be like, well, what's that? What's happening? And like look around as if somebody attacked him. So it's not like it's not like Rowan is reacting to pain. You can see that she is shivering uncontrollably, and her eye is kind of unfocused. And I mean, I don't know what sort of symptom fever symptoms do birds show. But when you uh, you run over to her and you touch her, she is burning hot. When you kind of put your hand on her wrist to the touch, 
Ron, Ron, can you are you are you respond to me? Is she, is she responsive at all, or just completely? Sure. Uh, she's a little. You know, you're out of it. Imagine just being having a just wretchedly, horribly high, almost but not quite delirious level fever. That's that's about oh, yeah. where you are. I've been there. <laughs> uh, Tilly is. Uh, I'm. I, I would like Tilly to look around to see if she could see Cloak or uh, Riaden uh, within distance. Um. Of us, but uh, yeah, yeah. Riordan's looking up like with bottle of wine, two glasses that you're pretty sure he's poured both for himself. Okay, <laughs> to, to I don't know if he was out of vision. Tilly's gonna just like, if you're within distance, shouting, Riordan, come here, come here, quick, quick. I'll bring the wine. Good idea. I'll bring it no, to you. Yeah. No, Rowan, Rowan. I don't know what's going on with Rowan. Um, just please, I. Ooh, I don't know what's happening. What the hell? Just bring, okay, bring uh, don't worry. Out. I'm a paladin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, uh, I carefully put the wine down. Uh, <laughs> take a look. Very carefully, set it inside the wagon. Yep. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it took about half a minute. It's really frustrating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I guess, quick medicine check? Or, uh, hell, I don't know. Quick look around. Oh, I mean, so there's really no medicine check required. She is definitely... Uh, got some sort of fever. Um, she's uh, yeah suffering from a fever. Um, yeah, go ahead and go ahead and make a wisdom medicine check. Let's see what you can figure out. Okay. At this point, she's just shivering and panting, and like all her fe- her feathers are hackled and raised. Yeah. Uh, Eleven. Eleven. Um, yeah, so she's definitely spiking a very high fever at the moment. Uh, she's, she's shivering quite uncontrollably and because her, actually because her feathers are hackled up, kind of fluffed like that, you can see kind of down between some of the feathers at about her, like where her shoulder meets her neck. And you can see these strange greenish yellow pustules on her skin. Oh, wait, this is from, this is from the ghast, isn't it? That's not normal. Uh, you see here, here, I put it, that's, um... (laughs) Pus stuff could be undead related. Did she get I, scraped? I was I, looking, I don't know. I believe she was bitten. And now that you think back to it, Riordan, you were reasonably sober last night. You're pretty sure she got bitten pretty savagely by one of the ghasts. Ah, oh, yeah, this is probably so, ghast related. You can hear just horrible, bloody murder screaming happening from the other side. People are kind of running over now to see what's going on. Cloak, what are you doing over there? As you see this woman, this young woman, grab a, a double fistful of this poor guy's <laughs> hair, yank him down, and just bite a chunk out of the side of his neck. Um, A, uh, is anyone else looking the same way? Uh, why don't you give me a wisdom perception check? Here we go. Uh, 15. 15. So it started to draw a little bit of a crowd. And at this point, the people who are like right there moving over to help, they are startling backward as a sudden spray of blood spatters up against their shirts and in their faces. Um, And they're just kind of reacting in shock to that at the moment. They're not really sure what to do. Uh, But you see as like people behind them are still kind of moving closer. Someone comes around 
from one of the tents and a little stack of like barrels of food or, or whatever. And it's uh, a 50. You recognize it as another one of the people who just barely survived uh, the attack last night. And he's mm-hmm. sort of staggering awkwardly and his uh, eyes are glassy and glazed and just sort of like vacant, almost like he's not seeing anything. And he walks up behind, he staggers up behind the, the throng of people, wraps his arms around one of the women there and just digs his teeth into her shoulder. Don't, don't focus uh, on me right now. Go help them. I'm not going to lie. I, uh, at this point, like, uh, I, I pull out, uh, my sword and I'm like, Morgrim, and I run up, uh, and I would use Planar Warrior to dispatch, uh, the one lady who I killed her husband or whatever, um, and go after her, and then, um, the other guy's dying, I'm not gonna deal with him now, uh, and then kind of start making my way towards the next one. Okay, so you uh, you uh, whip your blade out of its sheath. It explodes into flames, which then you sweep through the uh, the fabric of the planes of existence themselves. And you can see that usually it takes on kind of a bluish quality when it gathers this planar energy. Right now, though, it's black. Uh, which is a little bit disconcerting as the flames wreathing your blade, they become this flickering void that seems to just drink light in and destroy it. Uh, Riodan, you were, I think, trying to lay on hands on Rowan. Yeah, to, I was going uh, to try to lay on hands to cure poison. So you burn uh, five points worth of your five healing points, to yeah. try and remove disease, I believe is what you can yeah. do. Yep. All right, so you lay your hands on her burning skin and uh, whisper a silent prayer to the Red Maiden, and you feel your blood quicken and then hers as well. Rowan, uh, a surge of heat passes through your body from this um, almost, it, it almost feels like you're being stabbed on your arm where uh, where Riodan touches you. You're that sensitive to touch and pain. Uh, and you yelp in surprise and pain, and then your fever breaks, and you start to feel better. Um, your hit point maximum is still reduced, and you're still feeling pretty damn sick, but, like, it's kind of just a low level, you're feeling a little under the weather at the moment, rather than delirious and probably dying. So it definitely alleviated your symptoms. Landis, what are you doing about about this? (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) What am I doing about this? I'm still, I still don't know what's going on, right? I'm back on the other side of the tent. Oh, you're, you've easily started to pick up what's going on, and you ah, can come around okay. and, and kind of figure the list out. Well, I'm going to cast Mage Armor. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fuck this shit. Um, and I'm going to... So, uh, sorry. Moth is on the ground, but she's doing okay now. Uh, Riadan is helping her. Cloak has uh, entered the fray and murdered yeah. someone or... Just hit him or something. <laughs> Cloak is like leaping off of a off of a cart right now and disappearing okay. behind a tank with a black flaming saber trailing uh, these 
void sparks behind it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, okay, so I am going to also, as a bonus action, cast Far Step. Okay. Nice. Yet, yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I can't hit anyone, so I don't want to like get right up in someone's face or anything like that. But I want to get to within distance of whatever thing looks like it's gonna eat someone, to where I can, let's say, thirty-five feet away from something that looks like it might eat someone. Sure. Uh, so, what, what kind of action is it to cast far step? Is it an action or a far bonus? step? Is a bonus action. Um, right. You can teleport sixty feet, and then for the yep. next minute on each of my turns, I can teleport sixty feet again. Yep. All right. So, I mean, as part of casting far step, you can. There's a sort of a swirl of golden silver mists, and Landis vanishes. Sorry, Jeffrey vanishes and reappears. <laughs> Um, yeah, 60 feet up kind of the hill there and over to the side, and then you have a vantage. You, you want to see whatever cloak is attacking? Is that what you're, you're going for? Well, I want to, I, I kind of figure he's got it covered. So I want to, there were some other things, right, that were biting. Also over in that area, you can hear all kinds yeah. of just horrible commotion and screaming happening yeah. over there. Okay. All right. What's... So I want to get closer to it. I, I'm not going to attack anything right now because I don't have an action left, but I want to get close. Okay. Uh, you could appear on top of one of those stacks of crates or... Uh, oh, okay, let's do kind that. Of a, kind of a, a bird's eye view. All right. So there's another swirl of mist and Landis slash Jeffrey appears up on top of the crates, which wobble a little bit with the sudden weight on them. Uh, and you can see the one that Cloak is attacking, tearing into his poor fellow. And then another person who looks feverish, and and delirious, like yeah, sinking his teeth into uh, into the shoulder of a woman that he grabbed from behind. And and now that you're kind of up above the crowd, looking around, you can see the movement of the people who are drawn to the commotion. But you can see these several little um, anomalies where people are not moving quite right. And oh, you can God. see the two that I already mentioned and three others kind of scattered around the area. One of them is like having a seizure and half sitting up from a, a pallet and bedroll that they were swathed in. And you can see that they're also drenched as if they've been sweating profusely, but their skin is pale and ashen. And they're struggling up and making these horrible moaning kind of groaning sounds. Okay, can I also, oh man, okay. You could cast Eldritch Blast if you like, or another cantrip. No, I can't, I already used my action uh, oh, to cast Mage Armor. Oh, that's right, you did, you cast Mage Armor. Yeah, there I was trying go. to decide if I want Edwin to do something though, but I don't know ah. if I want anyone to see him. Yeah, he's still invisible, I assume. Yeah. Would mm -hmm. I know if, if this can be cured by a lesser or a greater restoration? Uh, why don't you make me an intelligence, religion, or arcana check? I think we'll do religion. Oh, they're both the same. 22. 22. All right. So you are now fairly certain, now that your mind has cleared, that you have contracted Darakul fever. 
lesser restoration will alleviate the symptoms and let you essentially in mechanics terms the next saving throw you have to make against it you'll get to make with advantage but it requires a greater restoration to actually remove it so uh Ryoden's lay on hands was essentially a lesser restoration so he's broken your symptoms and you'll have advantage on saving throws against it the next save you have to make against the disease but it's not cured um I only have one fifth level spell slot. Is anyone else with the one that Cloak is after? Anyone of your party or anyone at no, all? No, it's just is it just Cloak in that thing or is there a group no, of people right there? No, there's a crowd gathered around because there was all sorts of commotion happening. How, how many people how many people do we can we see who seem to be suffering these symptoms? Uh, Landis can see a total of five. The rest of you really can't see anyone directly, except for Cloak. Cloak sees two. Can Edwin attack and then immediately go invisible again? Or does that take, like, a no. whole other action? No. Uh, those are, those, um... So, you need to use your action to make Edwin attack. Oh, that's right. Uh, and I believe he uses his reaction to do it. So he actually might be able ah. to... Uh, he actually might be able to... Uh, well, that's okay. I, I'm not going to use him in place of my action. I forgot about that. I thought he got right. his own action. Does he? Right. I thought he so, got his own action. Wait, I only use my action to make him attack if I'm making him do a spell, right? No. No, he oh. can do other things, but if you want him to attack, you have to use your action to make Oh, him okay. Okay. Sorry. I had that mixed up. That's okay. All right. Uh, so, Rowan, were you uh, doing something? Uh, the lady who's currently taking a chunk out of someone's neck. Uh, you don't have sight to her, but you can hear something horrible happening over there, and Cloak is diving in. Cloak, go ahead and make me some attacks. See how you do. And I'm going to... I get to my feet to help or do something. Uh, that would be a 11. Yep, that'll hit. Alright, that will be oh, fucking goddammit, that's so terrible. Uh, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 14 force damage. 14 force damage. All right. Uh, you carve into her, but she kind of, uh, her head lolls to the side with this massive wound that honestly really should be bleeding profusely, but it's not. Uh, it's just sort of trickling blood where you, you slice into her. Like her heart's not uh, beating. Okay. And uh, I'll do another attack. That is a seven. Uh, that unfortunately misses. So, uh, she sort of knocks your, your attack askew as she tears that chunk away from this poor bastard and he goes staggering towards and he sort of flails into you, clutching at his throat as he collapses. At this point, I'd be looking at the crowd and I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Okay. You got something you're you're trying to do? Uh, it's just about to come and try and uh, do some lesser restoration on some of these people. All right. Uh, so you kind of pick yourself up and and 
scramble up the up the way and around. You can see the woman on the ground that Cloak has laid into with his in, enhanced blade. Um, you're pretty certain that lesser restoration isn't going to do anything for her. Uh, she uh, is freshly dead, but most definitely dead. So undead, more more to the point. Uh huh. Well, that's not good. The other one who grabbed someone from behind, mm -hmm. still still alive, or are they dead or undead? The oh, the 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 fellow who grabbed the woman. Yeah. Oh, most definitely undead. These look <sighs> like. In fact, these look pretty familiar. They look like very fresh zombies. Hmm. And everyone is currently really grouped together. Oh, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's amidst several other people. Yeah, I'm the just going one, to uh, the one next to Cloak. There's a little bit of a clear space around her because the people all sort of jumped back a pace or so when blood started spraying. So there's a little bit of a clearing around her and Cloak. I'm just going to um, let someone else go first while I okay. panic. Think about that. Like, an How about action. Tilly? What you got for us as uh, everyone uh, is running around the fence? Yeah, so once uh, Ro Rowan is clearly like beyond her fever dreams, um, Tilly notably is going to start hearing what's happening or start paying attention to it now. Uh, and the only point of moving that I can do or she can do is start to just run over there. But mm -hmm. I would like to say that, I mean, she's just going to be forcing her way through the crowd. Like, I need to sure. get in there. I don't, I, and just throwing anybody that's in the way out of the way, like move, move out of the you, way, out of the way. Yeah, you basically just snowplow your way through some of these startled backpedaling refugees. Uh, they really couldn't stand up to Tilly on a good day, and they are not having a good day. So you just sort of push your way through, and your boots squelch in the blood-soaked mud as this poor bastard clutching at his throat, his heels are just sort of spasmodically kicking at the turf, and he's staring uh, in wide-eyed terror up at the sky as the color's draining from his face. And you see Cloak and the woman that he, uh, the zombie that he gashed with his blade, and then the other one sort of across the crowd, tearing into them from behind. Uh, Tilly, I, can I can I argue that on the way over there, Tilly, with knowing that this feels like a frontline engagement now that she's moving in, that she's going to be telling these like ordinary people just like go get back away to see if they're not going to form like a tavern brawl on set. Uh, and now sure. seeing this guy with this gushing neck wound, I, I don't. I, I should just call Rowan. Rowan, Rowan, I need your help up here with this guy. This guy. And she's Good to go. <laughs> or whatever whom she can within sight and start to try to engage. Okay, Brian will rush over. <laughs> Red is like right. finishing putting the wine bottles like back in his. I'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> Carefully <laughs> recorking them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Took forever to uncork. I mean, it's such a shame. It's starting to breathe. Yeah, on my way. <laughs> Just gonna aerate it, damn it. All right. <laughs> All right uh, so Tilly Tilly, if you want to engage, you're close enough that you could take a swing at the um at the one that Cloak already wounded. Immediately it swings. Just all out, let's go. 
just comes on in and, you know, she assesses the situation and the hammer's already heading towards Ed. Is that cloak? (laughs) Is that another critical hit? Yeah, (laughs) of course it is. (laughs) What did I do? Okay. All right. This is already wounded, so feel Mm. free to roll and see how badly you splatter it. Nice. First damage is 10, second damage roll is 10 as well. Jesus. All right. So uh, you connect in just square in the center of this poor woman's forehead. Her skull cracks and collapses, and you just drive her into the dirt, and she just sort of twitches once and then flops still, and her screaming finally dies away, which now, of course, is being picked up like uh, by the chorus of all of the terrified people around her that are now coming out of their shock of, of seeing whatever the hell that was, uh, and now watching probably someone they knew and loved get their head splattered <laughs> right in front of them. Welcome uh, to the club! So, Rio Yeah, he's he's making his way with Rowan uh, towards Tilly to get to the sort of front line and sure. pushing anyone he can back yeah, into relative safety. You basically have, uh, she sort of plows the way for you, so you just kind of follow okay. on her heels, and then you come around the corner just in time to see her dispatch this, uh, this poor wretch. Uh, you can see the other wounded man uh, who basically is dying at this point uh, that got the throat bitten out and then more zombie action happening across the way there. The guy who's got his neck bit, does he look like he's, is he turning uh, as well? Is it like a... Why don't you make me a a wisdom medicine check? Can I assist okay. with that? Not really. No, there's a lot happening kind of all at, all at the same time. 17. 17? Yeah. Uh, so it looks like some of that twitching is just sort of residual last little bit of life left in his muscles. And then yeah. it sort of takes a turn and it becomes okay. his muscles reaching out for life. Oh, shit, everyone's going to die. They're all going to die. And ah. so he, he takes his blood-soaked hands away from his throat and starts reaching up for cloak. Ah, okay. Whip out the last um, right. three prongs towards this this chappy. Oh, everyone's gonna die, and we're gonna have to kill them. Oh, damn it! Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's prone. He's prone. I'm just gonna say you hit with all three lashes. That's fine. Okay. You can just roll the damage. Let's roll this damage. He's prone. His armor uh, class is damage. If that's the case, how many people look to have been bitten? 17. Uh, well, 17. All right. So you basically manage to um, thrash him with the flowing lashes of blood that spill off of the handle of your weapon. And uh, it is still sort of clinging to its existence, but you've like wrapped the the lashes it and pulled it and thrown it almost like Indiana Jones whipping things away from the bad yeah. guy's style and it's flopped and tumbled into a pile of crates and like vainly trying to get to its feet as a, a crate tumbles down and pins it to the ground. Rowan, uh, what, what was it you were asking? Sorry. Uh, hearing what Riordan said, how many people does it look like have been scratched or bitten? Oh, uh, well, you recall that last night there were a good half dozen that were damn near dead that you 
there are probably four or five that you put extra um, mass healing word into to save them from dying, if you recall. Uh, so those at least were bitten. Um, people who are bitten like right now actively, you can see the one across the way, and now you're starting to hear screams from the uh, the ones that you can't see, but Landis can. Landis, you can see those ones that you saw behaving strangely are uh, have gotten to their feet or have sort of finished their little seizures and now are grabbing people and either pounding at them or just taking bites out of their flesh. Fantastic. That crowd is about to turn really nasty. We need to get the fuck out of here feeling right now. It's not good, guys. They're all going to die. Anyone who has not been bitten or anyone not currently feeling sick, get out. We gotta go, guys. Well, this is bad. And then, make, uh... Make, make me... Hang on. Rowan, please make me a charisma... Make me a charisma persuasion check. Quarantine boat time. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Too real. Zombies can't swim. Right? Uh, oh, shit. Uh, zombies swim? Read it just like grabbing like, can zombies swim? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> How'd you do, Rowan? 16. 16. All right. Uh, so your words, your voice manages to penetrate the shock and uh, revulsion and terror of many of these people, and they start moving the hell away from all of this business going on here. You can see uh, Vilkash and Anissa grab Thomas and start pulling him away from the, the bloody fracas in the middle there and towards all of you. Cloak, um, what you got for me? Uh, I was going to uh, look over at uh, Vilkash uh, and his family and be like, try and see, well, not the train, but uh, the, the Robin's gonna go, like, we're not stolen. And then I look at Tilly and uh, Riordan and Rowan, and I was like, we gotta go. This is basically what's gonna happen is uh, they're gonna start calling the crowds out here. Yeah, those gates uh, are gonna be sealed, and they're probably just gonna uh, stop killing everyone. We gotta fucking yeah. go back. Once everyone's out, can Rowan? make sure the rest of the party has stepped back from this cluster? You can. Uh, the rest of the... So, Tilly, like, what are you doing at this point? You've just dispatched one of these zombies. You see another one up in front. Riodan is just laid into one that apparently was at your feet. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, uh, it is within Tilly's character to continue fighting. Like, she's not a plan follower. She's just gonna keep fighting so if there is a zombie within view of her or clearly one she's gonna keep swinging so all right. uh so tilly I, charges I, I through the crowd She'll, tilly charges through the crowd and just starts laying into this one who's got a hold of this poor woman who is bleeding out in front of her uh and you can see tilly the bite wounds in this woman's shoulder her dress has kind of been torn off of off of her shoulder now you can see these black veins and you're watching them spread from this black ragged bite wound and they spread along her skin and then fade as if they're digging deeper into her body and her eyes begin to roll back that's gonna feel um, really like cutting down a real person. <laughs> 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 um, Tilly's definitely like 
reactionary to any of the blood or stuff getting on her as well. And so it's just like, it just keeps hitting anything that's going to be. Right. So she's in there her to, immediately. She's, yeah. She's in there to dispatch some zombies. All right. So Rowan is screaming at Tilly get it out. Where do I go? Landis. Landis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just kind of going around the going around the, the group. Uh, Landis, you're watching all of this unfold. You see these other people starting to get attacked by the mm-hmm. the you know the the plague victims or the feverish folk who have now turned and apparently died at some point this morning and become zombies. Uh, and you hear shouts from behind you, and with this sinking, ticking feeling in your crystalline heart, you look over your shoulder and you see pockets of activity erupting throughout the crowd. In fact, yeah. you see many of them towards sort of the outer outskirts of the crowd itself, not up close to the walls. That's where a lot of this activity seems to be. And you can see uh, that unit of wounded Canton soldiers starting to like rally together. And you see the woman, uh, the, the dark-skinned dwarf woman who Cloak gave the potions to is starting to bark out orders. And as you see her sort of smash a uh, frenzied blood frothing refugee off of her leg as he was dragging himself across the ground and trying to climb up her leg and attack her. Uh, okay, sorry. I don't know. My camera just started going real wonky and I got like, to, I became the color of the sun, so I'm not sure what's happening. But um, cool. I guess uh, Landis is getting real upset right now and is starting to burn white hot. Um, so I want to do three things. I think I can do them all. Um, well, first of all, well, maybe four things. I want to scream. Um, since I'm on top of these um, these stacks, I want to scream and just say, there's too many of them. We can't handle it. We've got to get out of here. Because I want everyone to know that from my vantage point, which is way up high, I can see more than them. And that what I see is get the fuck out. So, Real bad. Uh, yeah, I, so I'm yelling to my say, party. One, one moment. I will say yes. that... Uh, if all of this commotion is undead or crazy people or whatever's mm-hmm. going on, there's a hell of a lot of it toward the outer ring of the tent city. Okay. So it basically, if you're looking at it, it kind of looks like you're surrounded. Not saying you can't yeah. get out, but just saying there's a lot of nastiness headed out that way. Yes. Well, uh, I, I, we can't just vanish, so we're going to have to get through it, I think. Can't we, but, though? <laughs> I mean, I have a way out. I know some other people have some fancy things that may get them Landis, further away. But... Landis says into your mind, boss, we could teleport into the fortress right now. Oh, Edwin? Yeah, sorry, Landis. Jesus, Landis. No, Edwin. <laughs> Jesus um, speaks to oh, you. You want us to... Damn it, Dan, your whole plan is to get us back into the stupid fortress that we just got out of. Believe me, like I said before we went live, I have no plan. You are teleporting. Landed, uh, God, Edwin sees you teleporting and is just yeah. saying, boss, get the hell away from me. Yeah. So let me ask you a question, though. How far am I, being on top of the stack, how far would I have to move to get past the edge of the tent city? Past the commotion? Oh, uh, it's probably a good 200 feet. Oh, okay. 
Okay, so what I will, I will still scream this. Um, uh, that was not my plan to go the other direction. My plan was to leave. <laughs> oh, that, okay. That's still a perfectly viable plan. I am Cat, not telling you what to do. No, I can't go that far. No, that's the thing. It would take me two turns to get out of here. Or, well, three turns to get out of here anyways. But um, I, I, no one else can do that, though. I only know of, like, one other person that can do that, that can get from point A to point B like that. So I'm not going to just sure. leave everyone. That's fine. Don't say shh. Sure, like, okay, fine, whatever. Just kill yourself. It's fine. No. Nope. Um, I'm all right, sorry. Let me unpack that. <laughs> Edwin doesn't care about the rest of them. That's true. That's true. You're right. Edwin, Edwin doesn't care about, about anyone else. That's right. Ugh, okay. Uh, well, Landis being Landis is going to have to stick with the original plan. And if we see that that's not going to work, it's going to have it, it'll change. But so I okay. scream, there's too many of them. We, everybody, get out of here and i hope, hope that my partner knows that mean go to the boat so i'm going to then teleport 60 feet run nine run 30. so what is that dash is then when i would get another 30 right but that's still dash not enough to action. get me out of there dash is an action where you move your speed right. again. that's another 30. so you're basically breaking for the the road right trying yeah, to get away I, from all of this yeah oh what i want to do actually Actually, well, goddammit. Um, <laughs> I, so I have so many decisions. Okay, I'm going to teleport the 60 feet, and then I'm going to Eldritch Blast, boom, boom, twice at the, Into, like, nearest the wall in front of me. The wall of people in front of me. Yeah, so I'm just trying oh, to, wow. like... So you're just, like, you're just, like, blasting into the crowd? Well, you said it's all... Are you saying that all these people that are jumping around are fine? I want to shoot the bad ones. I'm saying there's a tent city worth of refugees, hundreds of them. And right. then popping up amidst them are apparently undead, just kind of throughout, right. but lots near the edge. So yeah, you want to try right. and zap any zombies you see. That's fine. Any, any bad guys near the edge that I can then run through if they die. <laughs> you, you, you don't, yeah, you can blast some nearby bad guys between you and freedom, for sure. That's all I'm trying to do, is I'm trying to clear my own path, essentially. Once okay. you're on the ground, you really only have a clear visibility of about... 30 so because of just okay. people and stuff but yeah okay, you, you that's totally fine. i'm just sh shooting whoever's in front of me that looks like a zombie uh, uh, in fact okay. what you're shooting what you're shooting is a dirt and mud covered figure that looks like okay. it has recently clawed its way out of a fresh grave oh god goody probably okay, I gotta... one of the people you helped bury last night oh that's fun i love that there's even more now okay i got a 17. Oh, that hits. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And that. Twice. <laughs> um, and that is a, oh my God, I'm forgotten everything. I forgot how to D and D guys. Um, D10 plus your charisma bonus damage. Plus my charisma bonus. Thank you. Uh, is a, uh, 12. <laughs> uh, was that 12 from one hit or 12 from both? 12 from one hit. All right. Give me the I second one. for the other one. Oh, yeah. Uh, this one. Oh, that one's much better. Uh, 26. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That hits. Give me damage. Yeah, and then eight. 
Eight. All right. Uh, so the blasts of crackling eldritch power lance into this mud-covered corpse, and it <gasps> staggers backwards and teeters on its heels, and you can see two wet, ragged holes blown through its torso, and it <gasps> keeps coming. Okay, well, I'm going to run another 30 feet, uh, and then I am going to tell Edwin to get back to the boat and tell me when he's there. That'll be a while, because you guys had to travel a few, a few days. All right, so as you're trying to get away... It's going to take a few days to get back to the boat. Oh god. Yeah, you had to travel on the wagons. Uh the one of the, the uh the zombie that you just put holes in is going to attempt to to strike at you as you as you move. That is going to hit and that is going to be 7 points of bludgeoning damage as it kind of thuds into you and you feel something in your shoulder pop. Ting. May I All please right. cast a spell? You may cast a spell. What would you like to cast? Uh on the just cluster of Zombies. Mm-hmm. I'm going to um, cast Dawn, please. Okay, there are a lot of not zombies here, and Dawn is enormous. It's like a 30 foot radius cylinder. Welcome. Hmm. Do I care? Do it. Do you <laughs> care? Or am I just too panicked? I wouldn't judge you. She's too panicked. We've got to get the wine out of here, Rowan. Ooh. Okay. Um, so I assume you're not going to drop it on. I assume you're not dropping on Tilly and Cloak, right? Oh, uh, I mean, if Tilly wants me to drop it on her, I, there's really no time to like communicate. Like you're panicking. No communication. Like, and yeah, I assume but... I assume Rowan would try to avoid Tilly, right? Yes. With a massive. Obviously, damaging spell. Yeah. All right. So let's let's take a quick look at Dawn. I believe it happens at the start of people's turn, right? Thirty foot radius. Uh, well, it, when it appears, it must make a con saving throw, um, and then also a saving throw um, whenever it ends its turn in the cylinder. Whenever it ends its turn in the cylinder. Okay. But also, uh, also when all it right. So so you can catch for certain. At least three zombies in this massive thing that you know of, either that you see or that you have reasonable idea of its positioning because you can hear it eating someone and they're screaming just on the other side of that tent. All right, uh, roll me 4d10 radiant damage. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a couple of saving throws. Oh, those are bad. It's a con save or a dex save? Con. Con saves. All right. And they'll still take half damage on four. Yes. Yes. Three and seven and seven and seven. Is that twenty-four? Yes. Okay. Um. Let's see. So Tilly, you have batted the the woman who's flesh is being overtaken by those black veins and you can see her beginning to convulse and seize as her life is snuffed out and replaced with something ravenous and unholy you sort of bash her aside and dispatch the zombie that was that that killed her and as you do you flinch back and throw your arm up in front of your eyes as a blinding shaft of sunlight lances out of the clouds 
and illuminates a massive swath of the camp. The woman who is just turning into a zombie that you pushed away arches her back and stiffens and begins to burn and blacken and crumble to ash. There is a sudden cacophony of screams as all of these refugees that were there throw their hands up to try and protect themselves from this blazing, uh, inescapable judgment, and they just start to crisp. Uh, uh, three zombies are, are disintegrated uh, because it's radiant damage. They, uh, they can't try to withstand it. And a hell of a lot of refugees die under that particular uh, slot. Chief among them... Cloak, as they're running towards you, panic in their faces. Vilkash has his arms around Anissa and Thomas. They scream in terrified surprise. Their features wash out in white light, and they collapse, burning. What do I do? Tilly, look at Cloak. I I slow Pat Rowan. It's all (laughs) good. Rowan, what the fuck are you doing? Probably already dead. Anyway, so uh, how are you all reacting uh, at this moment? You've seen Landis has vanished in a, a swirl of eldritch energy and reappeared, and you can see those blasts of uh, of power blasting zombies out of his way as he makes his way. And you've kind of lost sight of him as he's teleported and then moved pretty swiftly and kind of gotten lost amongst the camp. But you see those crackling bolts and bits of zombies going flying occasionally. Uh, I, I'm running up to Tilly, uh, as I glare at Rowan, because I just talked to her about this. So Um, you're basically running right next to this searing cylinder of blazing sunlight, and you can feel it kind of prickling your skin like mild sunburn. Okay, uh, and I'm, like, grabbing, like, Tilly by, like, her, like, hammer as she's, like, standing there, and I was like, Tilly... We need to fucking go. This is not no. This is not the time to fight. We need to get the fuck out of here before the army fucking maneuvers out here and kill everyone. Shut up! Did Tilly see Vilkash and his family go as well? Yeah, probably. Tilly's asking Cloak, "What did this? Who do this to these people? I'm just trying to." She drops concentration. All right, Wait, the, uh, okay. the, the clouds darken and the sunlight is eclipsed and there's just a scorched ring of burnt bodies and dust. Yeah, Riordan doesn't have many morals, but like even he is looking like shocked and appalled at what just happened from Rowan. He's like, right. So at this point, there is screaming. Uh, you know you can do that? You can, can hear, I... yeah, that's... That's probably particularly. I've never seen you do that spell. Like, <laughs> oh my, I'm just melting. Can I revivify? Uh, we'll, 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 we'll get there. Uh, did you have any fifth level? Uh, sorry, it's third level spell slots. Yeah, you probably are. Right. Do you have the diamonds? For revivify. Three hundred gold worth of diamonds for each casting of revivify. Pretty sure y'all had found at least one or two. Yeah, yeah we've, I, got, we've got a lot, but it's back on the ship because I was working to clean up the uh, ones that were not clean, and then we sold all the good ones. Oh, you sold the... Oh. oh we sold all the I, stuff. I thought, I, thought we, I thought we said that we were keeping some of them. 
Uh, pretty sure we sold all of them. I'd have to go back through my notes, but I think we sold everything that was good, and then we kept the ones that I could turn into. All right, so hold on a moment, uh, Birdie. Look through your notes. Any of the diamonds of spell component quality that you wanted to keep with, you can burn gold to have the diamonds instead, because that that still keeps the split correct. Are they Phil Cash and them dead dead or Okay, not not we had a... they're, 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 they're commoners who just took twenty four radiant damage. Alright, so as this all is going on, you're kind of gathering your wits and figuring out what the hell to happen, but I will say that you have a moment of reprieve as the undead nearest you have all been annihilated. Um, you hear some shouts from familiar voices, and you see uh, your crew members kind of backing up uh, and kind of doing a fighting retreat uh, against some villagers that are no longer villagers attempting to chew the life out of them. And they're sort of being backed up against the wall of the fortress. Uh, if Tilly notices this, she side-eyes... Rowan and goes directly to help her crew. Okay. Yep. You can go and uh, and and try and and try and pull them free. Riodan, uh, hold on. Riodan, what are you doing? Uh, uh, there is like still leaving. Chaos, chaos everywhere. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Uh, you can hear uh, a few of the soldiers, maybe some on the wall, calling out praises to Kors for uh, bestowing his blessing upon them because they saw this great beam of brilliant sunlight. Uh, That's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, this is really perhaps, like what these guys would be into. <laughs> perhaps not really realizing the implications of everything that just happened, but some of them right. seem to be taking it as an omen. Yeah, these seem like the kind of guys to... Do some radiant cleansing of everyone. Some uh, of them, for sure. So, yeah, what, is, it, what are you doing? Where are you heading? I don't know if he's super focused on that one group of people who seem like they need help. So I think his plan is to get us out of here because it seems like <laughs> Rowan's lost his shit and almost died a second ago and things are about to get a whole lot worse. So he's going to try and, uh, if it seems like there's a clear enough way out of here, he's going to head that way trying to encourage people to come with him. If not, he will uh, forge that path through any zombies. So, uh, who are you trying to get to come with you? Just like random people nearby or your compatriots? Yeah, anyone that's a refugee that seems like they want to come and companions okay. as well. Like, we need to okay. go! So, all right, so your plan is to follow Landis, get the hell out of here. Uh, you see yeah, Tilly yeah. running up toward the walls of the fortress where your crew have kind of been cut off by zombies. Tilly, meet with us. I'm getting these people out of here. Where are you going? Ah, uh, to the boat. Go <laughs> over there by that tree. All right. <laughs> so, Landis, you're uh, you're continuing to push your way toward out of the tents, right? Yeah. Out of the tents. Uh, Cloak, what are you doing? Are you following Tilly, or are you going? Well, wait. With... I want to shoot more things. I, I get, I'm just trying to get a, a oh, snapshot okay, okay. of everybody's doing. I am uh, following suit with Tilly to go help the crew. Okay, no problem. Rowan, what are you doing now that you've uh, dropped concentration on the dawn? 
So it was Phil Cash and his son that's and and his wife. I have a lot of gold. Uh, did we have records on the gems? Uh, yeah. So you 30? told us exactly what we had for the uncuts, but not for the cut gems. However, I do know that the um, from the cave theft, uh, we had three thousand two hundred and fifty gold. Uh, in gems, baubles, and jewelry, and then oh, 900 okay. and 930 of that was uncut gems. So, all right, I do though that the, then, I spent some time uh fixing the uncut some of the uncut ones, and we had two diamonds mm -hmm. from that worth 250 and 200. So, if those are already done, we'd have those two, but I wasn't sure. Uh, what you let we'll go ahead and call those, we'll go ahead and call those done. So, that's okay. uh, th those were their basic that so wait, those 250 and 200. Yeah, for diamonds, That's the two exact, diamonds. That is exactly 900 gold worth of diamonds. So, Rowan, if you want to burn 900 gold, you have enough for three castings of Revivify. I'm looking at if you have, my... If you have the spell slots for it. Yes, she has exactly three third-level spell slots. Lovely. So, basically, you're settling down to, to begin capturing the last flickering ember of life from these poor people and and helping breathe life back into it right if looking at the um the looks that her party is giving her yes okay all right so uh birdie you're blasting your way to the outskirts why don't you go ahead and just we're going to assume you hit why don't you roll me three times two so let's have you roll six hits worth of eldritch blast so six d10 plus six times your charisma bonus hell yeah hold on i got some extra d10s right here let me grab them nice it's a little easier uh and the other one is that one okay. while while birdie's doing that rio dan you're grabbing whoever's nearby and following landis uh yeah trying landis to get help as many Refugees can scoop up along the way because I don't okay. want to head them back into a fight with the rest of the sure. team. So absolutely, yeah. uh, you can do that. Uh, oh, Cloak, me. Cloak and Tilly, you're pushing towards the crewmen to try and uh, to try and rescue them. Uh, yeah, how mm -hmm. are the zombies lined up on the cart? Are they surrounding the cart or one side? So they're actually not on the cart anymore. They've kind of uh, your your people are on foot. They were never really on the carts, uh, mm -hmm. and they're sort of like semi-circled them and are penning them back against the wall. Okay, and the cart's towards the road, if I remember correctly, right? The cart is toward the road. Yes. Okay. Um, at this point, uh, I would uh, cast haste on Tilly. Uh, okay. And make her a wrecking ball, uh, and I believe haste is an action, or is it, it is a bonus indeed. action? Oh, it's um, so it's so an action. <laughs> actually, uh, am I actually no? I'm not going to do that. Uh, what I'm going to do is actually um, they're medium creatures, right? Yes. Let me research something real quick. Um, something about wind wall i want to see if i can knock them out of the way i don't think i can uh smaller smaller flying creatures okay, okay so i'm gonna cast haste on tilly uh and then uh get to the point where um 
I can cast uh, Misty Step in front of the the crowd, in front of our crew, and take a defensive posture. You uh, can't cast Haste and Misty Step in the same turn uh, oh. because it has to be a cantrip with a bonus action. But you can, um, you know, cast Haste and kind of move closer, and then next turn get into position. Okay. All right, so you're doing that. Uh, Riodan, you're gathering people, rallying them, and actually, as you move through, people do seem to sort of recover their wits a little bit as you get close to them, and they kind of take heart, and once you give them something to latch onto, they just gravitate towards you. Uh, so they're following you. You're kind of pushing in Landis's wake, and you hear yeah. these just these horrible crackling sounds and you can hear Landis basically at this point, you know, you're calling out your, uh, your verbal components for your spells. You're invoking this power in the infernal tongue and you can see these lances of energy disintegrating zombies and blasting them out of Landis's way. Um, Landis, you, uh, after this turn of, uh, after these three kind of rounds of killing things, blasting them off of you when they're about to grab a hold of you, teleporting around to safety, you manage to clear your way to the edge of the tent city. And as you do, there's a sound that's been repeating and you've been trying to kind of block it out, but now you have a moment to breathe for lack of a better term and you hear it. It's drums, faint rhythmic booming drums and then these brassy notes of war horns in the distance so coming uh, from, from the the boat direction not quite but definitely okay. close you look and you can see banners in the dim uh, overcast light as armies are beginning to move and outflank the fortress uh armies that don't belong to the fortress you uh, no, absolutely do not belong to the fortress. Looking at those banners, <laughs> okay. they, are, they are black banners that bear strange blasphemous sigils, some showing the pale skull emblems of the Darakul Imperium. And you see a few here and there, smaller blood red banners of the blood goddess. Oh, cool. Look, Tilly, uh, supercharged by Cloak's magic, you go bursting up, and as you close this uh, this distance that has gotten interminably wide, uh, you just start laying into these zombies. You hear bones crack, they go tumbling, but you can see that uh, several of your crew are bleeding, and one of them is uh, sort of desperately fending off uh, a, a a pale uh, old woman who is uh, with unholy strength pulling her face close and gnashing her blood-stained teeth. Uh, it's Aiden, uh, the one who took to mm -hmm. drinking with Rhiannon and co collecting stories about Rowan with Cloak and uh, stayed up all night uh, exchanging tales. She is bleeding from multiple bite wounds and you can almost see through her. She's faint and hazy and ghostly looking. And there's this wispy ephemeral blood that sort of wafts out of these bite wounds. She is starting to look panicked and she concentrates for a moment, lifts off of the ground like she's no longer held down by gravity or solid force and drifts back into the wall to escape the zombie that was about to kill her. 
Who was this? Aiden. Aiden. Right. Uh, so, between you and Cloak, in, you yeah. just you just pulverize these zombies. You can see that Orsic, once he sees you coming, rallies, pushes forward, and he becomes the anvil to your hammer, and you pulverize the zombies trapped between you. Riodan, you're following a trail of disintegrated devastation towards the uh, the exit that Landis has created, mm -hmm. and then you start to hear the drums and the horns and catch sight of the banners in the distance. They're not close. Yeah. They're not, they are not in range to charge at you or anything like that, yeah. but they are encircling. Re uh, it's it's Rowan, when like, Aragorn's on the horse and he just sees all of Erekai and he's like, well... It's, it's, not, it's, it's not like 10,000, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's an army. <laughs> yeah, he's like, to me, this way! Okay, not that way, this way! Can I ask a side question, do you mind? Yes. Where's Bear? <laughs> uh, Bear is behind you by the, uh, and still kind of tethered, uh, yoked to the, um, what do you call that thing? It's a wagon, and you can see three dead zombies crushed into the mud with kind of broken necks, crushed okay, heads. Okay, I was going to ask if it was like this wagon or not. That was our it's wagon, nearby, essentially. Nearby. Nearby. All right. Um, so during all of this, Rowan, you've been pushing out everything around you. And as you just reach into your the tattered pockets of your robes, you bring out one these these two lovely diamonds that Landis has cut and polished and was beginning to plan settings for them. Uh, but you have them in your claw. And as you whisper these quick, short, sweet but immensely powerful words of devotion to Wotan, invoking his runes of life and rebirth. You touch each of these figures, and as you do, the diamonds swirl with black shadows inside them, as if uh, a leafy tree branch was eclipsing the sunlight shining through them. And as you cast the third one, they crack, crumble into dust, and blow away. And all three of the figures on the ground take ragged, shallow breaths. <gasps> All three of them are alive. They are, uh, I believe, stable. I'm trying to remember. How does how does Revivify leave them? Are they conscious? Let me check. Returns. Uh, oh, one hit point. point. They're they're conscious. So uh, they are incredibly confused, a little bit distraught. And they struggle up to their knees. And uh, Vilkash gathers both of them to him and starts helping them up. He clearly doesn't fully understand what's going on or what happened to him. But he looks up at you and smiles. And he says, can, can you help us escape? Yes, I will help. And he, she's helping gather them to their feet. And... All right. So uh, you had plenty of time to uh, perform these rites over the fallen, uh, the fallen bodies because of the swath of devastation around you ensured that there were no foes in any sort of easy, close reach. But that will probably change very soon. Which way are you heading? Where's the rest of my party? That's a good question. They seem to be split. You see, some of them have headed up towards the wall, and you can hear Riodan calling and rallying and people following him as he follows the swath of eldritch devastation that Landis has wrought 
leading the way towards the plains and then ultimately the woods. And can can we see past? Can we can we see any of what Landis has seen? You actually have a little bit of elevation, um, but there's a lot of stuff in the way. So why don't? Uh, what's your passive perception? Passive perception is eighteen. Oh, then yes, uh, you managed to catch between the uh, you know the tents and the other stacks of what honestly you know now are empty supply barrels and crates that are uh, that were emptying. You can see uh, forces of the Blood Kingdom moving to encircle the fortress. We have to get back to the ship. So, uh, you pushing after sort of Riodan and Landis? Yes. Okay. So you, thankfully, have a little bit of a clear path to follow. So you can lead these three incredibly frail, terrified people from this swath of death. And you start to notice that so you're still feeling ill, but there's something very strange. There's this prickle in the air, like icy fingernails on the back of your neck. You didn't really notice it before, but as this is going on, it's becoming more and more uh, central in your awareness. And it's something unnatural. It's something unholy. And it probably, it's almost like you can smell this phantom rot around these bodies that have very quickly transitioned from living, breathing people into ravenous undead. Something is crackling through the air, having something to do with those uh, those undead transformations. But uh, you make your way following Riodan and Landis. Landis, you um, are you kind of stopping once you're clear of the, the, the battle, the, the melee that's erupting through the refugee ranks and waiting for your people to catch up to you? Or are you striking out across the plane, across the field? My original plan was to get back to the boat as quickly as possible. I mean, regardless of whether it took a couple days or whatever, I wanted to oh, yeah. sure. move. Uh, but how far away are these soldiers? Quarter mile. Okay. Um, I don't want to get too far because I don't want to run into them by myself, but I also don't want to stay behind because I don't want any of the zombies running up to me. <laughs> Um, right. So, so kind of what you're worrying about right now is uh, one: if you don't move soon, you're probably going to be cut off. Right. Yeah. I want to keep you know. moving, and I want to get past the fray, but I don't want to. I guess I just don't want to move at full speed. Like I don't want to just keep going, 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 going because I don't want to run into all those soldiers. So I want to get clear, okay. but so I don't want to clear go. and like kind of turn around and just kind of watch and keep moving can I backwards. Just, can I just backpedal? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I want to backpedal, and then if at any point I feel like there's a zombie that's within range of an Eldritch Blast, I'm going to shoot it. Absolutely. Uh, and in fact, several times as you're moving out across the field, you can see lumps of ground begin to stir and old, decayed corpses pushing themselves out and skeletons here and there. Not many, just like one here, one over Great. there. Start definitely rising up on the ground. So you definitely have some moles to whack. Yeah. No problem. Okay. Uh, I will whack a mole for the remainder. 
Riaban, it won't take you long to lead your little contingent of uh, survivors out. Um, you'll have to, you know, a, a couple of times you'll have to call on the power of Morena and uh, divine smite a few of the creatures that break through the lines and get close. You can hear the yep. Canton, uh, the Black Fortress's soldiers rallying and see that group that Cloak was talking to earlier. They have formed a defensive ring and they're starting to push out and trying to gather refugees inside of it and pull them back toward the gates. Riordan wants a boat, but he's not sure if he can get this group of people through a through an army without someone killed. Ah, oh, I really wanted the quarantine boat. He's he's thinking inside. Depends on how fast you move. It depends on how fast you move. Yeah, I mean, have I got like? I mean, he takes a quick scan. I mean, he's not going to be able to tell exactly. But like, has he got kids or old people in this group? Uh, you don't see any old people. You do see a couple of small children. Not like toddlers, but but small, like school-age children. Hey, his eyes linger on the kids for a minute. Damn it! Fine, this way, and I'm gonna try and rejoin with the the group who are taking them towards the gates. Oh, the soldiers. Him. Okay, all right. So as yeah, you you uh, you basically cut through the the backside of several of these groups of undead, and now honestly, so you saw a couple of people get bitten or killed or you know re you know refreshed from that battle last night. There were not this many. So whatever is going on here, it's spreading quickly or from multiple infection points. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you, uh, strike through laying about with your blood lash. And I think at this point you're kind of, it's like desperation makes for strange bedfellows and you're just cutting loose with your power to get these people to safety. And like, yeah. you'll deal yep. with the, the, <laughs> the, the sun worshipers later. Okay. So you can see, uh, these soldiers are taking, sort of taking the word from the one that cloak was dealing with. And, uh, there is a higher ranking soldier has rank insignia on his armor dead at her feet and uh his face is twisted into a frozen snarling erectus of mindless hunger and you can see that one of her daggers is jammed into his forehead uh she is uh stomping the head of another uh, zombie nearby about when you cut through another one and she shoves the line open and waves you in and get in there you bring all of these people inside the perimeter of soldiers, and you can hear the bar on the gate is being opened. Uh, Cloak and Tilly, you can see Riodan pulling refugees inside the cordon of soldiers and pushing them toward the gate. You have cleared the remaining um, the remaining zombies off of your crew. You can see that they are all of them wounded. Uh, the ones that are remaining here are Orsic, uh, Lawrence, and Farah. Uh, they are all bruised. Uh, one or two of them are bitten, but you don't see any of those blood veins spreading, at least not yet. So okay, uh, okay, go ahead. I was gonna say Tilly's gonna uh, pretty much encourage the group to hurry up and get to the wagon so we can. And she's for the first time gonna try to attempt to mount uh, Bear to drive the drive the wagon into the gates if we can with this crew instead of on foot. Right, you all move towards the the wagon with your additional speed, Tilly. You sprint over to Bear and just kind of launch yourself up onto her massive shoulders. And uh, yeah, you can get them onto the wagon. Landis, you can see your people. Uh, Riodan is sort of like a beacon. He's like a blood drop in the middle of this just seething mm -hmm. chaos. 
and you can see this sort of aura around him that seems to be gathering and calming people, and he is bringing them in towards the gate. Rowan, where are you headed? Because you see Ryuden kind of veer away from the road and back up toward the gate. And do I see Landis ahead? You can see Landis in the field blasting like uh, the last remnants of a moving skeleton. <laughs> and then kind of looks around to get his bearings. And that's about kind of, you, your eyes kind of lock from across the, the distance. Uh, look back towards where Riordan's headed. Riordan is put, moving people inside the gates. To me, rally to me, if you want to live and not be a zombie. At this point, like, I would yell at uh, Reardon um, and say, um, I'll, like, yell at him and say, we gotta go, and, like, start heading towards the wagon. Let them, they got, we cleared the way, come on. I don't know, it's like, is this still a job for Reardon to be, to be doing here? I mean, that's up to you. Do you want to try and get more people inside the gates, or do you want to leave before the uh, before the ghouls encircle and cut off your escape? Uh, so Riaden is a uh, battle-hardened warrior. Um, he is the tip of the spear of Morena's vengeance. You can kind of assess the situation almost at a glance at this point. You think if you and your friends leave now, you can probably outrun the encircling forces before they cut off your escape route back to the ship and probably begin uh, laying siege to the Black Fortress. If you do that, a lot of people are probably going to die. You could take some with you, for sure. He's gonna he's gonna stay. Okay. Go on up, catch up. He's still safe, but he'll shout back to Cloak and then move back to... Uh... It, looks like, it looks like Riodan is settling in to stay and help uh, push through the... Uh, now, as kind of you can tell, growing ranks of undead that are rising from the sick and slain refugees as this, uh, whatever this plague is, begins spreading through the ranks of the, the killed and wounded. He's, uh, uh, he's trying to find healthy people and, and pushing them from the zombies and into the gates. Cloak would look back, uh, kind of like stop for like a second and look at him and just kind of nod uh, and buries whatever he's feeling at the moment because too much is going on for him to really feel it. Um, and there, then, like at this point, all of you are kind of seeing the same thing. This is sort of the decision point. If you stay, you're staying and you can help get people into the fortress maybe or whatever you want to do. If you want to escape, now is the time. We might need to make this decision as a group. Yeah, Cloak is looking back. Uh, I you guys, and that would be interesting. Uh, Cloak is looking back at the group because uh, he does not want to stay there. And Tilly's on the wagon getting it ready to go. Uh, Landis can get back and then Rowan's making her way with the uh, Vilcash family. Uh, somewhere right uh there with me yep okay um and did uh, Iden? Uh, i'm assuming that rowan didn't see but Iden went into the fortress uh you saw Iden, yeah pass into the fort pass through the wall into the fortress did rowan see it or was yes. she too yeah. okay 
I I'm gonna get the crew that is with me because Tilly ran off ahead and be like, come on, let's go, and then start making his way uh, and kind of look over his shoulder at uh, Riordan one last time and then uh, start running the opposite way. So, all right, uh, just, is to, just to clarify, I was not leaving with bear on the mount yet i was waiting for you and crew to get right. on the wagon the crew are getting up on the wagon cloak also yeah what's rowan doing if the others are getting onto the wagon then she's going to hurry vilkash and his family over to get into the wagon okay yep vilkash and anisa and thomas and then rowan climb up onto the wagon all right tilly everyone's aboard and is landis still ahead Landis is in the field, yeah, kind of like watching and playing. I imagine we're just trying to uh, scoop him up on the way. Yeah, if I see... Where is Tilly taking the wagon? Uh, (laughs) Um, uh, So I'm assuming that Tilly has gotten by the gist of either the conversation between Cloak and Raiden or action that Raiden is definitely staying. Riodan is staying. Like you can, you okay. can see the writing on the wall right now. It's either time to make your escape and hopefully outrun the soldiers and leave these people to their fate. I, or... I can't. Tilly firstly knows the the journey is like days to the boat, and I don't know what lies between us and the boat if it's more of this or not. And I believe Tilly's decision would be more to protect people immediately around her, knowing the boat is probably fine. And is definitely going to steer cart towards um, the fortress because that's the most okay. immediate help I can get from my crew as well as far as medical needs too. Um, so, so perhaps to some surprise of the people loaded up on the cart, Tilly uh, puts her heels into Bear's flanks, who gives a growl and takes off, rocketing the cart up the cobbled path toward the gate. No, no we gotta go. This is our best chance for these guys. We, I, we don't know what's between us and the ship. We don't know. Do you All know right, what's going to happen? Landis, <laughs> you, you can see this. You see the loaded cart being pulled by Bear up into the fortress. Oh, God, we're all going to die. <laughs> How far away am I from the fortress? Oh, 250 meters. So honestly, not far at all because you have our steps still running. Like, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm. I'm. They're honestly, well, a matter of seconds. <laughs> oh man, I still have only known these people for like two months. <laughs> so my whole thing was I was going back to the boat to prepare as fast as I could to prep the boat for us to leave as fast as we could, but we're not. Leaving. <laughs> it looks like that is not happening, at least for the rest of them. I love you, but Edwin could have told me something. <laughs> well, I no sent idea. Edwin. I know. I Edward, sent Edwin back. Flying back to the ship. I sent him back to the ship because I was gonna. I was afraid I was gonna have to use him as a mouthpiece if I couldn't get back there. Which is, well, I mean, I still what I may have to do. But um, I. How far has Edwin gotten, by the way? I mean, not super far. Can can I ask him? I'll ask him real quick. Edwin, I see the army. How many of them are there? How far back do they go? Oh, there's a few hundred, boss. I see uh, lots of ghouls. Um, 
no vampires, but the sun's up. So, you know, that's nice. Uh, but they're on the other side of the fortress, too. They're closing together. Your window's almost <laughs> shut. And at, um, at this point, at this point, I I'd be like... Can I just and then we stop? <laughs> See, if we go to the fortress, we're all going to die. We're going right. to start so, out. We've got to go. I'm going to the so, boat. Ah! Because I can say I'll right. be back if I have to. Can we go to Landis, the boat, please? Landis turns and <laughs> runs and bolts for the woods, vanishing and reappearing great swaths of distance ahead within a matter of... Uh, Basically, a few short minutes, you lose sight of Landis vanishing across the plain. Uh, Tilly, you, the bear digs her claws in between the cobblestones, and the cart goes thundering up, and the soldiers break out of the way. Bear rides down a group of zombies and crushes them under the wheels. Cloak? Uh, Tilly's not changing her mind, is she? I, no. First of all, let me explain. Tilly has, like a negative intelligence so and secondly literally her character sheet says when all plans are there she's probably going to ignore it so leslie would clearly want to get out of this direct problem tilly's immediate actions are going to be for saving those crew that are around her right now so tilly is headstrong into taking care of presumably all of her crew unfortunately other than landis that are in her immediate facility and seeing riadan going into this fort which are walls which trees don't stop zombies as far as i know and then you know, <laughs> just going into this fort and then we'll assess from there is her mindset so i am sorry right? so, i am i am uh I, i'm looking uh at puff puff and i go we gotta go and then uh mounting puff puff and then or is puff puff not uh puff puff looks at you surprised and says really we're leaving them that's our best bet the, the best thing we can do is uh, inform uh canton grows uh wherever that city is I can't remember it now, but I'm scatterbrained. Um, uh, Canton Gristle, uh, the, what's going on? Maybe the reinforcements have come, but we got to get the fuck out of here now. She, uh, she just sort of opens and closes her mouth once and then says, all right. And there's a glitter of golden sparkles and Puff Puff and Cloak disappear and reappear somewhere off in the tents and start making their way out. Making our way towards where Landis, we saw Landis run off. All right. So the last thing we will see as Riodan sort of uh, teams up with this uh, with this uh, uh, Black Fortress sergeant, uh, you begin mounting a sort of very efficient, very quick, very brutally triaged. You find a lot of people who maybe you could save, but it looks like they've been bitten and are starting to show signs of fever. And that's up to you if you want to risk it or if you want to be callous but on the safe side as you start moving all of the remaining survivors that you can back inside the cordon of soldiers uh and as you're watching you can see the dark figures of the darakul marching in two arcs they vanish into the trees and you know that they are slowly closing the jaws of the trap as you see the last bits of uh, glimmers of puff puff and cloak riding into the forest 
and uh, you all are now beginning to be pressed back by the zombies and now skeletons that are raising up out of the ground and out of the fallen corpses all around you. Uh, and you pull back in and the gate swings shut with hands and arms reaching in between the great timber doors that get crushed and cut off from the weight of the gates as they shut. And that is where we're going to stop for this week and this season. Uh, and then when we return, we will see where the hell this all goes. Uh, thank you very much for for playing D&D with me, everyone. I love your faces. And thanks very much to all of our viewers for joining us on this uh, this lovely little rampage. Oh, my gosh. Can we just call this episode oh. bad news? <laughs> Holy mackerel, that's all I have to say. Well, well, well. That's uh season finale. We all maybe survived it. Uh <laughs> yeah, everybody lived. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the NPCs did and then some of the NPCs didn't, and then we revived them. <laughs> yeah, and everybody lived except people. for all the people that Rowan killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on then. They might be bad life choices. Yeah. Shaky, shaky. But uh, you know, these things happen. It's uh, it's war. Who gives a shit? These people are all crazy, uh, sun god worshipping, Dampier hating motherfuckers. So, and uh, you, you're in the... <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I'll be fine. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. Fortress. What could go wrong? Yeah, you know, you know, I felt felt right for Redan to have a moment where he actually. Put other people in front of himself. So uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But man, what a season! If you guys have enjoyed uh, the show, do let us know. Thank you so much for showing up all these weeks. We will be back, of course. Fear not, there will be more World Tree burns, but we might be away for a week or two while we figure things out. Uh, like what the hell and uh, <laughs> and how to survive a zombie apocalypse? We've got some planning to do. But uh, let's go around the cast and the crew. Then we enjoy ourselves. Where can we find you guys in between now and the next time that we're here playing Dungeons and Dragons Zombie Apocalypse Edition? So, uh, Dan, great job whole season. Uh, how was that tonight for you? Oh, that was fantastic. Uh, thanks so much to everyone for joining us. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I had... This was set up to be kind of a, which way do you guys want this to go? Are we going to stay and do Undead Siege or flee and deal with the ramifications of not being here to, to be part of that and uh, dealing with what happens out in the countryside. So, hey, either way, I'm good with it. Um, I did not anticipate doing both. So that will be interesting. And we'll have to talk about what that's going to look like. <laughs> uh, that was that was quite a blast. Um, thank you all for letting me do horrible, horrible things to my poor players and know that I do it out of love and for, for great stories and to give you all the opportunity to be the best selves you can the best worst selves we can be we'll, we'll see how that goes i had a great time i hope you guys did too and i love playing dnd with you uh so i'm i have been dan dylan your dungeon master this uh, this 5e game i am a game designer on the dungeons and dragons team at wizards of the coast uh and i am delighted to come here and get to play with y'all you can find me on twitter oh yeah at dan underscore dylan yeah. underscore one. good stuff yeah. fantastic as ever, it's been a pleasure to play with you, McCulloch, in this season. How was that tonight for you? So many things. Um, 
Hi, I'm Nick Logan. You might recognize me from, oh, my friends just kill everyone. And uh, War Strategies 101. Um, yeah, it is. Ooh, next season's going to be kind of crazy. Uh, and I don't know where to take it. It is, there is a lot. Uh, the family getting killed, uh, which he doesn't know they're alive yet. Um, so that's, oh, did you, oh yeah, he does know they're alive. He didn't have time to process it then, uh, because Tilly started turning the wagon around, uh, and was super confused. Uh, the, 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 the parting moment between Cloak and, uh, Riordan and now, oh God, that's a fucking lot. Cause that, it was a lot to like, what would Cloak do in this situation? And Cloak knew it was going to be bad. And this is probably the only hope we have is if Landis and him get out of there, uh, which he, there's more of a chance of Landis getting out of there if Cloak goes with her, uh, guiding her quickly through the forest and that kind of stuff. And having- We have been on this show for a full season. Landis is a boy. Oh, I'm sorry, okay? I look, <laughs> I look at you and I'm like, oh, him, okay. Him and, uh, him and Landis uh, going through. Um, and- I'm still a cleric, by the way, just, you know, it's- Change is hard. And, yeah, I there's just a lot of emotions right now, and I don't know. I just my brain is all over. Like I need to process this, and then uh, start yelling uh, at everyone individually, and then hey, hey, uh, I, it was it was really good. I love the RP. I love how everyone acted in the situations, uh, and the ending of it. I mean, like it, I, I really don't know where it's gonna go, uh, and it's very very interesting to see what what's going to happen and uh I, I for me uh you guys uh if you want to hear another uh show that i'm on uh i am on a podcast called dark fortunes uh is a humblewood 5e campaign if you guys don't know what humblewood is uh this is humblewood uh, where you get to play animals. There's no humans or elves or dwarves or anything like that. Um, so, uh, guys, go check it out. It's on Spotify or the Apple Podcast. Uh, and uh, I'm on there with uh, the, the Crafting Muse. Uh, she is our fearless captain. Uh, and, uh, guys, go check it out. Uh, Dark Fortunes uh, Pod, I believe, is the Twitter um, but, uh, search dark fortunes on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and see if you can find it. Uh, and I recommend uh, checking it out and it's fantastic. My air, my episode aired last Monday. We're doing, uh, four separate character intros, uh, in our episodes and the episodes are going to be about an hour long. Uh, so next Monday is when we're all together and it's, uh, it's going to be crazy. Just you tune in and find out. Uh, other than that, I'm on the Onyx Path on Mondays, uh, for, uh, the Chronicles of Darkest campaign called, uh, Seattle by Streetlight, uh, which is fantastic. I love that campaign. Uh, and, uh, we're solving a mystery, uh, and we're the worst Scooby gang in the universe. So. Uh, but yeah, uh, guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for, uh, hanging out. I, I will link the podcast. Uh, I'll, I'll throw it in chat here. 
Uh, but thank you so much. I do appreciate it. Thank you for three strong seasons of this wonderful show. Thank you, everyone on the cast, uh, for being awesome people to role play with. And thank you, Dan, for being an amazing DM. My absolute pleasure. Scarlet Moth, you naughty thing. I, I'm still genuinely very stressed. <laughs> that was very I think it was the best decision. I think it was hilarious and also very real. Like that's something that's like that's how war crimes happen, man. People fucking panic. <laughs> it maybe wasn't even the wrong decision. Like that's the thing, you know. It's like quote quote from Will uh, in 2020. That's how war crimes happen, man. What did I say? What did I say? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I think uh, after. Once everything calms down, I think it, Rowan's going to be taking a moment to realize a lot of stuff has just happened, and maybe she's not quite so alone in the world as she thought. But also, she knows that Tilly's going to give her a really good scolding. Uh, I'm going to have to wait a while for that. Yeah, so I'm Scarlet Moth. You can find me on Twitter at that Scarlet Moth. I'm a D&D lover, artist, cosplayer. All that good stuff. Uh, I'm in between projects at the moment just because I've started back at university, but hopefully I'll be, I'll have some new stuff to show soon. And honestly, the highlight of my weeks has been playing with this amazing crew. So I really cannot wait to get back for season four and find out how the heck we survive this. Yeah. Oh Please. boy. <laughs> it's been great to have you with us this season. Um, your thoughts, your feelings, and of course, where we can find you online. Okay, A, thank you. I uh, must say for this being uh, my first season with the crew, it was absolutely incredible. I couldn't have been more honored uh, to join and then more excited to play and then more enthralled and amazed by both the talent on uh, this crew uh, for both the players and obviously for Dan, the DM, and, and just, wow. Oh my gosh, uh, today in particular was just a giant clusterfuck, which is uh, my <laughs> personal favorite type of D&D game, although it does stress me out to no end. <laughs> um, uh, Loke even messaged me at some point and was like, you're, you're okay? And I was like, I'm just stressed, okay, I'm fine. Um, so I, it was, I, all I can say is, I really have only known everyone in the game for, uh, I want to say two months, maybe probably less though. I'm, I'm being very generous. So Landis has to weigh that against the fact that he's holding on to a lot of cash right now and would prefer it not be taken. And the boat is sitting there and who knows what's going to the boat to attack it. We need to tell them in case something's going on down there and we need to, just get the boat ready to be out immediately and i was sending and to try to warn them first or to talk through him if i had to but now i gotta go and send edwin back to you guys tell you what's going on and why i left you and i'm sorry and i didn't want to and i still love you and i promise i'm not a bad robot and bad robot and also i just am i'm still stressed i'm so stressed right now <laughs> that we get to just be stressed for weeks <sighs> okay, calming down. It's gonna be okay. Gonna go have, gonna go have a glass of wine. Okay. Um, if you, 
if you want to know what else I'm doing, I uh, I would say follow me on Twitter, but I'm taking a bit of a Twitter break right now. So you may get show notifications when we go live. But aside from that, uh, I, you won't see much from me. But you should follow me anyways, because why not? I mean, I'll be back eventually. It's fine. Also, as far as other shows go, I am, uh, aside from this one, which is going on break, I do um, a bi-weekly Monday night campaign. We're playing next Monday. It's on the Tainted Lands, and I play um a lizard folk ranger of the gloom stalker type which has been so fun so far because i am just nice. messing with stuff um and then aside from that i am playing in a ravenloft campaign starting in uh this month and the third friday and it's all the old ravenloft stuff has been ported forward to 5e and i'm so excited and um i'm playing it a druid of the spore variety a halfling Ooh. so i'm excited i like playing weird things and stuff i haven't tried before so so pumped <laughs> so check that out on empt rpg the third friday of this month and i love you guys and i can't wait to come back and play more find out how we all die <laughs> yeah today's episode was a very good example of the uh the, the very real fog of war <laughs> you really can't coordinate or communicate when shit starts happening fast it's like you just got to make a decision and go and boy did we uh man simply big night for tilly uh as hey. a big season uh as well uh your thoughts and uh, of course where can we find you all good stuff no uh season's been great um I feel like there's been so many gaps where I've just been like thirsting to still play and stuff. So hopefully we can we can bridge more of those uh, on next season because I'll be like, let's go, let's go. If I don't have to die and reroll. Um, so <laughs> I uh, this I, I feel like um, McLuhan brings up like war strategies one on one and like. Tilly is like a war captain formally, but it's a reaver. Um, so it's not necessarily like the most formality, but it's save your pack, like save your crew and then dominate kind of thing. So uh, it's so hard for me because as a person and favorite style of play, it's a neutral character for me where I get to just be like, and like bounce for me. But um, the moment that there was crew and at this point family to account for, she, I mean, the stone walls are going to be better than a foggy forest in her mind. So um, I hate to have from that curve. I'm so glad you had a chance to react to that cloak because I knew you were wanting to leave and I didn't want to like jump shout over anybody to be like, I'm not leaving, you know? <laughs> like, I'm glad there was an opportunity for me to tell you, like, she'd be steering that cart toward that worker, or like, what you gonna do, you know? So, um, I, I had a great time. It's fun. Uh, Tilly is a, a hammer-swinging, ridiculous meat shield, um, and while she doesn't necessarily have any crazy amounts of versatility, she's super fun to play as far as, like, comic relief at times. Um, so I look forward to bringing her back for whatever extended to short amount of time uh, the next season we play. Uh, if you guys want to catch more content from me, whether it's artwork or D&D related, you can find me on Twitter at uh, simplyjakeskin down here. Or if you want to see gameplay and goofiness, it's simplyjakeskin with, with an underscore on Twitter. Uh, I'm sorry, on Twitch. And um, on Thursdays, I'm so sorry, on Thursdays, I'm on a Diefall, uh campaign playing a ranger in Humblewood, like McLogan, which is great. And then um, I have a druid. I just wanted to be like a uh, circle of sport druid, which is what I play in my offline campaign. So have so much fun with that uh, birdie. So much fun to play, like so much fun. So 
Okay, I'm going to shut up. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure playing with you guys again for this uh, third season, our most fantastical yet, no doubt. Uh, man, we, we, we got a boat this season. I feel I really unlocked a lot of potential for us. I was glad. That was uh, that was fun. As much as I loved uh, the, the city seasons, it was fun being on that boat and getting up to no good. So uh, much more piracy and chance uh, to come. Yeah, I had a great time uh, <laughs> on the boat, and who knows what's uh, to come next for him, you know? Uh, you know, he could he could do a siege. There is opportunity in a siege. Uh <laughs> especially with uh some some radiant powers but uh yeah we'll see we'll see how that goes uh either way it's been a whole lot of fun crazy crazy night it's uh some crazy energy starts going when like things start really heating up and we're like oh shit i don't know what any of us are gonna do we're gonna make some decisions oh god we've <laughs> we've just killed some of our friends oh no we're revival oh shit gotta run in the castle uh yeah so uh, that's a whole lot of fun uh but do follow the channel if you haven't yet and you want to keep up and catch up with uh all of these videos uh here of the world tree burns and of course the last day which is going to be on sunday eight o'clock eastern so tune in then uh for more uh cobalt oppressor goodness we're gonna be back soon with a new season of the world tree burns but uh keep an eye on twitter that's at cobalt press for announcements and of course all of the twitters here as well i would say follow me on twitter but i don't have one anymore you can just follow my uh company account which is at rp and there are uh, wonderful people there who are running stuff over on the Play twitch channel and uh i myself as well earlier on a tuesday playing vampire the masquerade fifth edition a whole lot of fun but uh, yeah, follow the, all these guys, follow Cobra Press stuff, and uh, thank you for joining us. So it's turned out to be a wonderful season. Uh, I think that's all, my friends. I think that's all for tonight. It's late. Oh, goodness. It's almost midnight. Uh, so a perfect time to close things out for this third uh, season. We'll see you guys soon. Oh, boy. Until next time, everybody. Bye. Goodbye, everyone. Uh, send help. <laughs>